What's up, everybody? We're, We're back. Here. Feels good. It is less than 50 days to the NFL season. We're so stinking it feels, excited. It felt so much longer this time than last. Really? Last I feel the opposite. Really? I felt like it's been like, like, I felt like it's been forever since the Super Bowl. I feel like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl like 10 months Man. ago. And that we still only, we still are like around two months to go. I don't know. I've just, I maybe I've had a lot going on. So I feel like it's pushing it forward for me. Like, you know, the, you the off season hasn't been that bad. What are you saying about my life? I, your life must suck. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I no, we, we have a great episode today. We're super excited. This is a new thing for us. We're doing training camp promo here. Um, and talking about camp battles. We're talking a ton about the running back situation, all the drama that's going on. Some crazy stuff's happened this week. Some signings, some extensions uh, that have we're happened. so excited to see one particular person taking the field. We're going to talk about that at length today. Um, and we've got a new segment for you called the Mic Drop. we got our buddy Mike Connor joining us in this episode. And he's going to be with us uh, regularly. And we'll kind of explain that here in a little bit. But uh, it's good to see you guys. And it's good to do the thing together. I'm getting getting stoked for football season. It's it's about time, bro. It, it is. It is. There's so much to unpack today. So buckle up. We got two and a half hours coming straight at you. This is Sportsify. Let's go. Welcome to Sportsify for July 27th with your hosts Matt Novak and Grant Hawker. Welcome back, boys. We're here. It is finally time. Let's go. Training camps are coming. Training camps are coming. Some already started. Which means, yes, preseason is hitting us literally in like what? The Hall of Fame game is like a week? A week Dude, it's two? the first week of August. Is it? Yeah, I think it's oh. the, what, what is that? Stu- the first sun Saturday. He's playing it. I don't even know because I don't care. I don't care. It's stupid. Until the regular season starts, I do not care. I do yeah. not care. I'm. We're all doing the same thing. We're all following our own teams. We don't give a crutch what's uh, yeah. happening with yours. Yeah. Uh, we're all excited. We're all full of hope because we haven't lost the game yet. Um, every team is winning the Super Bowl. Every team's winning the Super Bowl. My team's going to be bad this year, but I don't care <laughs> because we already won the Super Dude, Bowl. Uh, Matt, Matt and I, we talked about we this did, today. We, and did, we, we like, talked about it today. We were like, I wonder what Jameson's position is. He going to be like, they're going to win? It's on, no, honestly, I'm gonna. It's kind of a relief because, Damn. like, to if, know you're going to suck. Because if we Dude. if we would not have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Then I would be far more stressed. Yeah. yeah. But we did, like, we knew what the consequence it, was. How yeah. long do you we ride this it. wave, though? Because how many years are you going to be okay with sucking? Because you knew you were going to. I mean, you knew well, they this, were all this in. is the first year where we're kind of, we're not embracing like a tank per se, but like, no more Ramsey. We're kind of like Aaron yeah. Donald's probably going to be gone within the next year or two. Your linebacking core is officially horrible. Yeah. Offensive line didn't get better, really. Stafford is just kind of yeah. kind of like right out into the sunset at this point. And that's all fine. Like, I, I kind of know and accept that now. It's different when your team's trying to be good and isn't good or just isn't so, doing anything to, like, start their reboot. So you so. can accept it this year. But next year, you're like, hey, we need to make some progress. No, yeah. Well, and it's, same thing. it's the same thing, like, as a Blazer guy. You know, I'm like, let's reboot the Blazers. That's I'm fine with that. I've accepted that. I don't I'm happy talk, to do I that. I do not talk about them anymore. And so I I'm in the same. I'm in the same them. place with the Rams, where I'm like, we got the job done. I can kind of write off that. And if anything, it makes my Sunday viewing a little bit better because Dude, I'm not stressed for three I hours. Get that. You, you are, I've you been in speaking, that scenario. This was literally me a year ago, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
That's and true. Then, but then every win was so much more enjoyable. I am not going to be this way next yeah. year. I just want you to know that. But like every, every win was so much more enjoyable because we ended up winning like nine games. Yeah. Right. Our ceiling, I said, was like five. Yeah, I would so rather. Anything, once we hit five, I was like, this is all great yeah. at this point. I'd and rather go into so a enjoyable. season with low expectations and be like, hey, my bad team is at least enjoyable to watch because the expectation is we're probably going to lose. But if we win, it's a surprise. I, Whereas well, we should win. And when we lose, I get pissed. Yeah, Those last fair. like three years with Russ, I was stressed every game because I'm like, at the end of every offseason, I was like, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? What's going to happen with that? We're losing this like this yeah. great quarterback and his window is closing. The Seahawks window is closing. And it was just so stressful. Every loss, like, like made my day. Like for at least an hour or two, I was pissed. Yeah, and I was upset. But then, like this, this last year was the most fun I've had watching my team in a long time. Yeah, you just have because to accept there was different eras of your team, and when yeah. you can do that, it's easier to do it when you've had success. Like if you guys would have yeah. sure, had sure. a Super Bowl run right. and win a Super Bowl and all that, like I'm sure that would have sucked way more. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Matt hasn't won a Super Bowl since In, since 1995. Yeah, since James I, and I, I just was born. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. Yep. Yeah, I'm not disappointed at all that my quarterback had to have UCL surgery, <laughs> uh, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. I'm pretty ex- pretty excited about. We're actually kind of uh, on like the opposite side anyway. uh, of things because like more or less, even though the Niners have had their really rough seasons here and there, more or less the Niners are kind of like contending or putting up good yeah, seasons. Yeah, well, we've had, good we've had some last, good upside. In the last, like, four or five Shanahan, years. Shanahan changed the game for us. Yeah, for sure. so it's like, my team's either really bad or good enough to make a Super Bowl run, yeah. and then the Niners are kind of, like, steadily always in there, even though they right. have their small valleys at times. So it's, like, the complete opposite of what I'm dealing with. Well, <laughs> regardless of where your team is at, everybody is pumped for the season. I mean, yes. we, we do have this sense of what could be, and we're all excited for it genuinely cannot wait uh, to start breaking down stuff and uh, coming into this year for this podcast, we, uh, we're committed uh, to going through at least about 25 episodes. We're going to be following up every week on the week that was projecting the week that will be going over lots of details. We are going to cut in a little bit to uh, a guest appearance uh, that's going to become a regular feature here on the show. So we're pumped for what's coming uh, with Sportsify as we enter our third football season together uh, and talking through stuff. Uh, but man, uh, so much has happened since we got together last. When and was that, man? I mean, like draft? the draft, oh, the offseason, like we got to do the pre-draft things. We didn't get to do our live. We will next year, by the way. Uh, the draft episode will be back. It's been our favorite episode, the most Absolutely. listened to episode on on this podcast. Um, but uh, we uh, we had the draft, we had the off season in terms of players changing teams. Um, you know, the free agency uh, happened. We saw some uh, quarterbacks change teams. We saw some uh, high profile defenders ch- uh, change teams, which I'm really grateful for personally. And we'll get to that in a bit. Um, we saw some teams get better. For sure, there's a few teams that have made themselves into what looks like a really good contender. Some teams built off their momentum from last year. Hint drop, Detroit Lions, um, and a few others. Uh, but uh, genuinely, I, I, we've also seen some teams uh, make some really poor decisions in the offseason. So I want to get into yeah. all that, hit that stuff right now. Um, what were your guys' biggest surprises of the offseason so, you know, up to this point, uh, as it comes to the whole league, and I don't mean just like a team, but maybe a player or a moment. I yeah, I think for me personally, I know we're going to get into this name a lot 
the biggest surprise this offseason has been that Dalvin Cook is not on a football team. That's the biggest surprise for me personally, just looking at everything that's happened. Dalvin Cook coming off one of his best years, played healthy uh, for the Vikings this last year, and all of a sudden doesn't have a home at all. They let him go, and uh, he has not been able to sign on with another team to become that every down back anywhere. And I personally thought, man, as soon as they cut him, uh, I don't know what the heck's going on with that. Madison has done a great job in relief when Dalvin was injured, but like, I, I can't believe they're going that direction. They go, well, he'll get a job in like two seconds. And that has not happened at all. Yeah. Seems like some teams have reached out with some contracts. Uh, apparently the Dolphins have a standing offer out to him that he has not decided to sign on for. Um, and, you know, I'm just curious what's going to happen. I know we're going to get into that conversation with Mike in a little bit, but that was for me probably my biggest surprise so far. Um, that's certainly one of them. Uh, there, there can be a few. Um, I kind of had a hard time picking which one I exactly wanted to highlight here, but um, I think for me, it, maybe it's not as much of a surprise because some of it was the writing was on the wall a little bit, uh, but it's D hop and kind of his decision to do what he did. Yeah, uh, and and sign with the Tennessee Titans for a year Jeez. at least. Um, not not him leaving the Cardinals. We knew that. Yeah, was no, probably yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. That and rightfully so because uh, as we start talking a little bit further uh, in this portion here, I think the Cardinals have probably the worst roster in the league, yep. and it might not be debatable. So to get out we of there, said that pre-draft, it's definitely true now. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's not new. That was uh, something we had seen coming, but. Um, you know, uh, amongst the suitors to go to Tennessee for a guy who seemingly wanted to go somewhere to win. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm not saying he should have gone to the Patriots because uh, it's not like their quarterback situation is on fire. But I think a Mac Jones led Bill Belichick coached team. There's more stability. There's more stability there. And, and right now, like, what are we looking at? Like Malik Willis, Will Levis, uh, you know, a situation. Tannehill, maybe still. Who knows? Uh, we know DeAndre Hopkins is a guy who's going to get his regardless. And sure, on paper, you can look and say, well, we have Derrick Henry doing this on the ground, and then we have D-Hop doing this in the air. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, especially in the AFC, I don't really think that the Titans are going to be in a position to compete, especially not for you know a playoff run by any means. And so to go there of all places was kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, I get that if anything, you know, he's just going to have a stopping point there and then maybe next season opens up and he gets where he wants to go. But to me, I was just like, as a guy who's as talented as he is, who has put up with as much as he has at the quarterback position over the years, you know, it was very underwhelming for the whole D hop sweepstakes to end this way. So to me, that was kind of a surprise, even though he had met with this team and it wasn't like he signed out of the blue, but. And for people that may be unaware, so it's essentially with his new contract, it's a one year with an opt out yeah. on the back end. He is going to make $12 million from uh, the Titans this year, but he's also making $19 million from the Cardinals mm-hmm. with their decision to cut him after they couldn't find a trade partner. Bro's going to play football this year for quarterback money, yeah. making $31 million just to run on the outside and you know have chuck-ups from Tannehill mm-hmm. um, and see what happens. I know he plays a lot underneath, too, but like $31 million. So if you're out there and you're like, what? That contract makes no sense. He should be making 18 to $19 million as a premier wide receiver. You're not wrong. He's making $31 million. Yeah. yeah. So the dude had set the market when he went to Arizona 
And now he's literally collecting that and yeah, which is also why it was a little curious to me because I'm like, if it's not necessarily a money thing for this year, why? Like, I would still give the Patriots a flyer if that were the case. Like, if I'm going to pick a team to potentially have some success with for a season, it wouldn't necessarily be the Titans um, because of the money situation. If you're just saying, hey, I want to play somewhere for a year and not have to worry about getting paid. Um, so that was a bit of a head scratcher for me, but that's what I would say. My, my biggest surprise has been so far. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they did. And, and I mean, as far as cap goes, uh, right now, you know, the, uh, new England is sitting, I think at 13. So they could have figured that out, spaced that money out over two seasons in terms of the cap hit and definitely signed him to the exact same contract. I would think, I mean, going into this year, do you, you feel better because of the division, maybe? Like, that's a pretty weak division that Tennessee plays in. Jacksonville's their biggest competition coming in. Texans you know, got better. Texans got better. We don't know anything about the Colts right now, so I don't think they're going to be good. I would assume the Colts win four or five games at most yeah. this season. So they're going to have I, pro- are probably a top three pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they don't mess it up, like they have. Bold. Before. It's a bold, uh, bold statement. But- uh, we we have hope for thirty ish teams in the NFL, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the Colts and the, the Colts are not one of them. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, we don't are, have any hope. Not for them. one of those teams. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, maybe it's a division choice. Like you can get to the playoffs there, which will give him monetary value in the off season a little bit. I just don't think that Hopkins' decline is coming. So I feel like he could have get it. Yeah. got it. Anywhere. I just think there's a lot to fight over in the AFC right now, especially when, as we'll get into it probably later here, Aaron Rodgers coming in playing with the Jets. There's yeah. just more talent now in the AFC uh, to lead more teams, to fill up more spots. And so I don't even know, because they would be fighting for a wild card, would be my guess here, with the Jaguars doing their thing. Uh, Jaguars look good. So I mean, We'll get into yeah. a preview episode so next month, but they look good. The, the problem with a top seven is that there can only be seven teams that yeah. make the playoffs. And when there are a lot of teams fighting for seven, as opposed to in the NFC, um, you know, it's, where there's going to be a struggle to get seven. Yeah, we're going to be like, we have to put this team in the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, it's I, I don't know. It, it's a bit of a head scratcher, but it is what it is. I'm sure he'll still have a fantastic season as long as he stays healthy because we've seen him put up numbers you, with far less. But. You know, if his big complaint was his head coaching situation, you can't go to a lot of pl- better place than the Vrabel. Yeah. So, yeah. And which, that was which clearly had to be part of it. You know, um, you know, it. you're not in the worst place if you're having to say, oh, do I need to go get coached by Vrabel or Belichick? Like, you know. You could have worse 50-50 shots there, but yeah. Um, still the Titans, I was like, eh, not super pleased with that, but it is what it is. I mean, teams that did have the cap and maybe some some space on that roster, Jacksonville's right at the top of it, actually. Uh, that would have been an interesting signing at, at the right time. Uh, Cleveland would be a really interesting signing. Um, you know, if that those were, are, if those are, those that are Those both are better teams. And well, and D Hop's pretty familiar with the guy throwing the ball in Cleveland, so mm-hmm. uh, yep. just throwing that out there. But and Cleveland had just a little bit more cap room coming in than Tennessee. Uh, but Tennessee, after the D Hop signing, uh, is at uh, fourteen, or actually right at fifteen million. So they're still in a good spot moving forward, and and have some questions for sure at quarterback. But Grant, how about you, man? What so was your biggest surprise? Mine, mine is actually kind of related in, in some ways, and we'll get into it a little bit. Mine is how much guaranteed money. OBJ got from the Ravens. <laughs> that was definitely a head scratcher. That say. was absolutely shocking. So I have it here. So his contract, OBJ did not play for a year. He tore his he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Was off to a monster like first quarter. Had Jameson like sixty remembers. Yeah, he had like sixty yards. It was fantastic. He, he would he would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Probably. I'm pretty confident. Oh yeah, I mean, if he continues that 
Okay. Yeah, he had, he had like 62 yards and a touchdown yeah. by, the, by the end of the first quarter. He he was yeah. cooking the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely he was. Um, so he, he took the year off. There was always this like halfway through the series, like the year last year, oh, was someone going to sign him? Like he's not going to be ready. Well, he went apparently to Dallas and was going to sign. Yeah, and then that didn't happen. Um, he couldn't pass <clears> physical then, apparently. <laughs> but then he decided to, which I mean, no blame of his at all. Um, the Ravens signed him for $15 million. Send him for fifteen million for dollars for a dude who hadn't played a full year. Is it fully? It uh almost fourteen of it is. Holy guaranteed. Almost. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeez. looking. And this is also after he was coming off of another thing before he right. had a good. So he has not like, played. He has not played a full season in like three or four, like three and a half. Yeah, I mean, years? on this show, I'm pretty sure we had talked about the the Odell situation. How it's like, man, when you really look at his career. What could Obviously, have been? he had a fantastic first few seasons, and then injury One of the greatest strike. catches of all time. It, yeah, yeah, and and then, but yeah. you know, when you can't play, it's kind of cliche. But the best ability is availability. Yeah. Yep. And but for dude, a guy, what, what could have been like, like yeah, totally, exactly. Like his trajectory was insane. Like all of like what he was doing, the milestones he was reaching at the age that he was was comparable to some of these greats. Like. Mm-hmm. Like the, t- the the top three guys of all time, and again, he's playing with an aging Eli Manning and a Daniel Jones, and yeah. still putting up the kind of numbers that he was. And then, unfortunately, got the injury. And then bug. with Baker Mayfield, who like there was that whole thing with the Browns. Yeah. But then he like gets that- his big payday in Baltimore, and yeah. you know, admittedly, it's probably a Lamar Jackson situation where it's yeah. like, hey. We pay these guys for you, so kind of everybody eats in this scenario. Yeah. And but- the, the reason I bring up like this one to me is because. Like, again, talking about the other that you just talked about, Jameson, like if like right now, who would you rather have? Who would you rather give 15 million dollars to? It's D-Hop, tw- uh, yeah, you know, all day. <laughs> yeah. Seven, like, 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 yeah, 24, seven and twice on Sunday. Like you would give him that money. You'd give him like, I, I, I mean, when the Ravens decided to sign him to this, it, it took them out of the running to get D-Hop. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we saw what D-Hop was able to get. Well, yeah, even more. Their but, cap went down to nine point five. Yeah, when they signed him, so you left yourself in the place where they you couldn't were, go I get D. I think D-hop. they were desperate. I think this was a desperation type. Move. Like you got to get someone who was telling, like OBJ's extremely talented, one of the most talented wide receivers probably ever. And straight up, just talent wise, he's he's one of the most talented. He's so gifted in what he can do. He hasn't been available. He's kind of fallen off a cliff in terms of his stats. What's this look you're giving me, Matt? But I take D. Hop in a oh, second absolutely. over him, no, 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 and they no, knew he was going to be absolutely. Available. Absolutely. That's, that, that's so. I agree with you. I think it's insane because they knew he was going to be available at some way or another. Drop the money. I mean, when and you do the and dang it's not thing. that OBJ would be a better fit in that offense necessarily. Because like, is you a can, fit in any exactly. Offense. So it's not like oh well, it just wasn't a fit. So that's Dude, why they I did it. I still think it's that, that OBJ has potential to go for a thousand yards and eight nine touchdowns. Uh, he totally does. If he, he stays totally healthy, all there. Yeah, absolutely. and yards after catch. You know, he yep. it's crazy. In that, he's so talented in that offense. But my thing is with it within that construct of that offense. D hop would have been amazing because of his ability to read his quarterback and adjust his route. OBJ is a streak flyer and who's coming off two surgeries in three years. And even now, like, I I mean, I I mean, I think D hop probably has the best hands in the league still. Absolutely. Right. Like for for a drop rate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he also kind of erases some of the Lamar accuracy issues just by having such a big oh, catch yeah. radius. Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, OBJ, he's, he's got great hands, but when you have a guy like Lamar who sometimes struggles in certain spots in the field, sure. having a guy where you can just like, hey, D hops over there, 
And yeah. he's going to win a jump ball. He's going to break a guy's ankles in a route. Absolutely. He's not going to drop the ball if he gets his hands on it or even just yeah. a hand on it. D Hop versus and the, the Buffalo is, Bills. The, the, yeah. the By thing himself. Is, exactly. The thing is with this with this move, this is this is a this is isn't a head scratcher if it's for ten million dollars. No. No, ten you're you're right. You're right. If it was ten or less, I didn't I'd be I like, mean, that's but, a great that's a great thing for them to do. Yeah. I'm, thinking, it, a, I'm thinking eight million in my head, it was like the number where you know, if eight my million, team signed so it, maybe, I'm like, maybe, sure. maybe well, okay. it goes up. Maybe it goes up to like ten with incentives and yeah, it's like yeah, you gotta yeah. you know, like eighty catch or seventy five catches, you know, you you play seventy five percent of your snaps. Still higher than things like, like that. In yeah. a perfect world, I would make it, but I would understand if it were. Yeah, but but it, and like again, like the head scratcher is just how much guaranteed they gave a dude who has not played in like th- a full season in like three years. But it's it's a hundred percent. We we understand how this works in sports that these guys that are good teammates that have a lot of healthy relationships, which OBJ is friends with everybody in the NFL. Yeah. Except yeah. for everybody, except for Baker Mayfield. Well, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but like everybody loves Careful. this guy. Yeah. Uh, well, there's only one person that cares, and if he listens to this episode, Baker Mayfield sucks. Yeah. Um, but well, hey, let's not forget what was it, Christmas <laughs> or Thanksgiving, when the Rams like ran it up on whoever, and then he had that comeback. Uh, last be on the season, team for right? like thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, you know what? what Revenge else? tour. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, but like legitimately, I I think that. Uh, in the conversation here, OBJ got that job because of those relationships and the fact that mm-hmm. Lamar literally loves him. And, and, and I think they need... Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, After they break the him through the coals for yeah. three seasons, uh, you know, tagging him uh, twice like they did and then finally giving him his payday. Yeah. I mean, I they clearly owed it to him. So yeah. it makes sense. Well, and and, I, and I you th- play a R bad. And, and it's one year. It's one year, and you were already loaded a lot of positions. Yeah, but I will say what what and, and to throw one more thing on your head scratcher. What also was so weird for me is this is a team who lost their entire running back room last year to ACLs, like literally, and they have been murdered by the injury bug. And then you go get a guy who is himself getting murdered by the injury bug over the last several years. That mm-hmm. was a also a head scratcher. Like you already got this problem. Why are you inviting it back into the clubhouse and a potential issue? If you I mean, really I, value this I, I guy just that think much. Too, like the as a value teammate. that you would get from D Hop if you even traded for him, like because of this team in the window that that, yeah. that is now open. Like if I was Jim, obviously I'm not a GM, and there's reasons for that because I probably would make some dumb moves. <laughs> but like I would totally give a second round pick for D Hop. For D Hop, yes. Like I, I would totally not, would. I would not blink. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'd blink on a it, second and a fifth. If I was like, in I don't a, know. a Baltimore scenario where I, I needed the guy, yeah, no problem. Yeah, for yeah. A, sec- a second rounder for him. And now you do inherit that salary then, and that's a long salary. That's a big salary. But again, but it was only two years. Only two years it's left. Only and two again, years. He's, and a, he's a he's a better wide receiver than OBJ by far. Yeah, and by at far. that point, you're you're rolling with your future is Lamar and D Hop. And whatever other guys you want to suit up around that, and you still got right. Mark Andrews at tight end, yeah. And yep. you and you got the um, you got Bateman too, who you are trying to believe in a little bit. Doesn't have the hands, but he's got the size and the speed. Yeah. So you know, I you're mean, it's all give him, there. You're trying to give him a chance. And if OBJ is going to nurture that in the room, okay, like he's good for the wide receiver room. Obviously, he but is. Again, but again, when you have a wide receiver who doesn't have good hands, mm-hmm. and you can bring in the guy who has the best hands, <laughs> there's there's that. There's that. But to me, that's my head scratcher because I mean, all the other ones I kind of saw coming. I knew the Rams would dump some players. 
Mm. Like Bobby Wagner was a shock after they sent him to six years. That was years. a shock. Him coming. That was back. my. That was I like, think it's because Russ is gone. Yeah, there may be some of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, but like Aaron Rodgers getting traded, Drama. not not shocker. Uh, or at least his last year being in Green Bay was not a shocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Ramsey getting cut again. That wasn't much of a shocker. Yeah. I knew that. I knew someone was going to go big there. Um, I mean, them firing coaches again. Not not much of a shocker on many of the coaches that. Uh, I mean, I guess we could say like a collective, maybe not, maybe not like a surprise, but something that we're all like very happy about is the whole selling of the Washington Commanders. Oh, praise the Lord. That's That's more of a finally, thank God, than it is a surprise. The witch is dead. Witch old witch. So now let's just put that guy in prison. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But, you know, we texted about this a little bit. What sucks about that, though? And we're all glad he's gone. Is that dude bought the team for a few hundred million dollars? He's walking away with like six point six. It, yeah, for he 6. paid that all that off, right? He owns all the property associated with, which is going in the sale. He owns everything outright. He he has no bills to pay here. The only thing he has to pay is fifty million dollars in the NFL for being a jerk. <laughs> um, yep. Outside of that, he gets to keep all six, well, almost six billion of that. Like that, and that part does the, suck. Probably the worst stadium and facility Dude, in the league. If and that ownership be, wants to be serious, they need to around. build a new one. Oh, absolutely. And and you would think there's going to be a lot of excitement around what they're doing. So, you know, changes apparently, are coming. Apparently, apparently the name might be changed again. Again. Mm. Um, which is fine. But again, I yeah. mean, when you do that, I mean, again, they now, they no longer, they're not losing the money from the, from the switching to the commanders. Right. That would have been. And honestly, I, I might think that if you're a commanders fan, you're probably like ready to distance yourself from anything that was associated with Snyder. So the name can so, go. Plus, it's not marketable. I, I like the Washington football team better than the Commanders. We talked about uh, this before. I don't know. But I'd rather I, have the I did like the football team. team. I thought there was something kind of like low-key classy about yeah. just being the Washington football team and rolling out there yeah. and just going with it. You're, I don't know. Your mascot is a W. Yep. Okay. I mean, I mean now that I'm saying it's that. A, but you know that. Yep. But you know that, That's too. That's fair. Now that yeah. I just said that. Yeah. That, um, that's marketing one hundred and one. Be memorable. Yeah, I think. Man. I think another thing that I was shocked about this was on draft night was the Texans trading back and getting that third pick. Yeah, oh, that was that. Like, like, I was like, "Yo, what?" So they're gonna walk away with CJ Stroud and Anderson. Baller move. Like, like that. Yeah. That was. I straight up shocked me. I did not see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. That was that was beautiful work by the team, the GM, coaches involved, knowing what they wanted, what they felt was a good fit. I thought it was brilliant. I they they had a heck of a night. We could go through uh, several teams that had an awesome draft, but I want to get to teams that built up and made a big leap in this off season. I think personally, uh, you know, we it's an obvious one, but like we need to give a lot of credit to the Jets who yep. made a significant difference That's, to a good team. I wrote down a few. That was the first one I had. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rodgers is obviously Probably a key overpaid, component. But again, they don't even care. Yeah. I mean, no, they don't care because in, in the, in the short now term. Now there's excitement for that team. Like, let's be real. Absolutely. Yeah. There is. Let's be they, real. They've got they've That got in a itself real, is worth it for that team and, and for Joe Douglas. Yep. They, they've got a real chance. Like, they have a real chance in a very tough division. Uh, to make not just make the playoffs, but make a run. Because that defense with Robert Sala pulling the strings was really good. They yeah. just needed to score points. If they would have averaged, I believe it was 18 points a game last year, they would have won double-digit games. We uh, we were pretty high playoffs. on them, I believe, going into yep. uh, the preseason last year. 
We just didn't um, know what quarterback was. It, and exactly. And I think even just the presence of a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers who's not going to make mistakes is enough to raise that floor. And especially if you bring back guys, I think uh, Brees Hall is still on the pup list right now. Um, yes, so he's he'll, returning he'll for be, game action. Yeah, he'll be he'll be ramping up, so we probably won't see a whole lot from him until we start looking at the season here. But um, once you start reintroducing guys like that, you bring in an actual quarterback who can actually play quarterback. Yep. Um, they had the worst quarterback last year. No, yeah, and, and they, they the were worst, still... Worst quarterback room. Uh, basically, up until Brees Hall's injury, they were still actually in a pretty good position to maybe not do anything in the playoffs, but at least get a playoff berth, which would be huge. Yeah. Uh, and so I think just the mere presence of a real quarterback is a big leap for a team who was already pretty good, but was just being held back quite well, a bit. We were talking about this. Grant and I were earlier today. That wide receiver room is Lazard, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. They have Jameson Crowder on this team now. That's a pretty slept like, on. I mean, there's not some huge A-listers in there, but it's a pretty there, there's slept one. on. There's their one well, guy. Yeah, there, there, there's their but one there, guy. But there but, isn't. Yeah, there isn't another like. Yeah. But still, it's a. But, there's Aaron's depth. got a lot there's of depth. trust in Lazard. He really does. I, and I think Randall Cobb is there to. I think he's, that, that I think he's injured right now and, too. But you know. yeah. But I mean, I, he's just a vibe looking, guy. <laughs> looking at their their top four. That's a wide receiver room that competes. Brees Hall, if he's anything like he started last year, is a monster. Um, you know, like they've got weapons. Uh, throughout that team, their offensive line is good. Um, you know, and so. I have a lot of hope for them going into the year. I we're going to talk about them in the preview episode and give our win predictions. But I mean, how can you not like them as not just a playoff candidate, but maybe to be that team that sneaks in there like the Giants did this last year and gets one or two? How how can you not like that? So credit to them, they pulled off the move of the off season, mm-hmm. got it done. I mean, we we were all watching. Pat McAfee and losing our minds uh, when it happened. We're like, oh my gosh, this is real. So that was cool. Um, and and good on them. And and they owe it to their fan base. So mm-hmm. great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Grant, yes. do you have another one aside from the Jets? Because I've got a couple, but I want to see I, if you. I have maybe a few. I mean, I think there's some obvious ones. I think it can. Some of it can be akin to the draft winners. I mm-hmm. think those are teams that like made significant leaps. I think the Eagles. I mean. The Eagles are in a really good spot. They lost Hargrave, but they got a guy that dropped to them. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. got a guy who dropped to them who, from all accounts, is like the next, you know, I'm not going to kin him to some dude who plays in L.A. in number 99, but like, it's like that, he is like one of them, if he he wasn't stupid, he was was the number one pick. (laughs) Yeah. Like, for undisputed, for like years. Um, So I think the Eagles did, did an absolutely great job in their draft, too. Um, and I think another team, I mean, I'm, this is going to sound biased, but the Seahawks didn't. Inc- I wrote them down. Dude, I, what I they think they're going to surprise the, people because it's not splashy. Well, but, but I, I have all their stuff right here. You mean just on the draft alone, you walked away with the best cornerback and the best wide receiver in this draft with right there. And like right there, that enough, I think is, is going to be in consideration a team that already won nine games I last was, year. And I you was get very that. mad about the wide receiver. Yep. They yeah, did that. that. Sucked. They also. Um, they, they, they got some running back that people complained about it, but there was no one behind Ken Walker. So then, then they get Zach Charbonnet, who's the complete opposite of Ken Walker, who also is a bell cow and runs through people. And I am super excited to see that. Um, obviously resigning Geno Smith, who just, by the way, got some MVP votes, uh, this past year, more than Russ. Yep. He finished ninth <laughs> in MVP voting. Uh, you all, they also signed Draymond Jones, like the first day of the off season. 
they spent a lot of money on him, but he's a dude. He's a defensive tackle who had like six and a half sacks last year. Is incredible in the pass rush for a defensive tackle. Um, obviously, they brought back Bobby Wagner, um, which that team, if that you watch, get. if you watch that team and what they were missing last year, it was him. Couldn't stop the run. You could not stop a nosebleed. It um, was bad. You get so a leadership. You get leadership uh, on some there. Young defense. But my favorite, honestly, free agent signing was Julian Love. Uh, they, that's a dude who led all safeties and tackles last year. Um, and that, that safety room now uh, has Quandre Diggs, um, who for some reason is being slept on. It's insane. No, no safety has had three or more interceptions the past six, six seasons. Than Guy's him. a freak. He's awesome. Um, Julian Love, uh, you've got... Um, the linebacker. Yeah, you got the linebacker who potentially is coming back. I don't know. <laughs> but even without him... And you signed Julian Love for like $3 million. You signed him for chump change. If you're wondering, it's Adams for those of yeah, you. Yeah, it's Adams. I might, um, but also, they didn't really lose anybody. They lost Puna Ford and Cody Barton. That's it, to the free agency. Um, so they got better. They signed Devin Bush, um, who Pete Carroll is loving. Apparently, apparently he's in great shape. Who knows what that would be, but that would be exciting. The dude is so fast. Um, so that will give you some speed on the outside, which I think will help with some of the outside runs. Um, but dude, the, the Seahawks, I think had an incredible, incredible off season. Yeah. And that's a team. I think that will probably win 11 games. Um, they won nine last year. I hey, would don't s- you be throwing out win totals. We got another episode oh, coming come next month. My, this might be a hot take. Um, I would not be surprised if the Seahawks win the NFC West. That's a hot take. As it currently so stands well, with the talent on a certain roster. I, I, I understand. I will, I will take I your talent pretty much right now with what we have. Well, we'll talk about our camp battles here later in the segment on, okay. on this episode. But for that reason alone, there's some question marks that I that I have. Not, I'm not adorbs. I'm not saying that. Why I'm are you a, looking at me? I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that in. Bro. I'm not going to say I'm writing that in stone. I'm looking at both of you. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. I Okay. Um, I would say just to put a third team in this conversation because I also had the Jets and I also had um, the Seahawks there. Don't sleep on the Lions again. I think yeah. I think the Lions. That's I don't fair. know. I thought they had one of the dumbest drafts. That's that's fair, but I think like I I don't know how they like I don't know how they really got that much they, better they except do, for now they have had another year of experience. Well, they do other. add in their secondary, even yeah. if they aren't the best guys. They have uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Emmanuel Mosley. That was scary Cameron, this week. Almost lost Cameron, him. Yeah. Cameron yeah, Gardner Johnson. Um, and so I, I think you you throw those guys in there in a secondary that was very bad last year. Very bad last they year. Historically bad. Historically bad secondary last oh, year. They addressed that well. But I totally forgot with the Eagles. They 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 we talked about it with uh they 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 traded for DeAndre Swift. Yeah. That's true. So that yeah. That I'm just saying that running back room is actually pretty good too. So in terms of a team that I like wow. and what they I mean, did, yeah. Well, Swift Swifty's not an every down back though, and it's also and glass. they do replace him with glass guys. They do. Swifty they do. The Lions also bring in Montgomery as we were talking about before. Yeah. Who's not going to like change the game? No, but he's a nice. But piece. Gibbs and Montgomery is, is that not That's a, a good, better scenario than Swifty that gets hurt all the time and Jamal Adams who can't catch a ball to save his life? No, that, but that's also he true. broke the the rushing touchdown record. Yes, in the system. That's crazy. That's crazy. In, in yeah. the system. I just want to say that's yeah. a slept on moment. Yeah, yeah for um, from last year. And and I still think you know we've talked about it a lot. I think Jared Goff is probably one of the more underrated guys in the league. He had at a the great year last position. year. Great year last Good year. Good system for him. Great system for him. And Kellen Moore. And I think at this point, last year they kind of outperformed 
because on the offensive side, they were doing so much to yeah. overcompensate for such a bad defense. I think even just kind of tinkering with the secondary a little bit, having another year under their belt, Garagoff's going to have another year with some of those yeah. guys bringing in some more talent. Jamison Williams will eventually come through. Yeah, once he stops being suspended. Exactly. So it's like if, if everything goes well for them, they were close enough to making a, you know, sneaking in the wild card last year. I just didn't. Despite all of those things. And so yeah. I think they were close. It's not a big leap, but in the NFC where there's not already a whole lot going on. Yeah. But they're definitely going to be better than the Packers, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I agree with that. And so straight up there's. And I don't think the Vikings are going to be like fantastic, but they're going to compete. They're still really good. They're still going to compete. They got the best wide receiver in the league. That's I true. I love what they did with with their draft. That, that's uh, true. Addison was good. That's they, true. Yep, they built some things. So I, I don't know. I think they're. I still think they're they're really strong contenders. But I agree with you, man. Like they built some stuff here. They can win those games. It would none of us would be shocked. They go one and one against the Vikings, and they Maybe they sweep go the rest. sweep. The Bears and the Packers in that division, that gets you the playoffs right there. Yeah. They only got to win, you know, four more games in the whole season outside the division with that yeah. kind of win total. I think the Bears do present a lot of challenges um, for any team that's trying to stop their quarterback from running all over the place. But, like, I, I yeah, I, I do think that they took some steps forward. And I thought that that win at the end of the year was freaking awesome. That was, that was huge. That's big. And, My only thing yeah. is, I felt like their draft was super undisciplined. What I mean by that, you had the third highest draft capital. You had the sixth pick and the 19th pick. And you draft a running back and a tight end. That's fair. But with, a, also, with a team that was so bad and horrendous on defense, yep. with the cornerbacks available, with the with the defensive players that were available for but you. they address corner later in the draft and I they signed a free agent. That. I, I understand and, that. I mean, they, there's different ways you go about it. I know, but like, I'm, I'm just, with the draft capital they had, they got just I, I fit, just you just hear that a running back and a tight end. I do I do the one thing I'll give you is on on the running back end. I think they could have gone high corner right there. Yeah, they could and, have and Christian paired Gonzalez. with yeah. you know and, and paired with Gardner Johnson there. and mm-hmm. then and then waited on Gibbs because I I don't wait, think Gibbs well, was going to go. You could have waited on Gibbs or you could have gone went and gotten Charbonnet who was the third ranked. Running back. Well, yeah, and, and, and later. Here but in a that's a system fit question when you're talking first round running here, backs. I, under, I, I understand that, but and, I'm just thinking like again. We'll we'll, we'll talk about running backs later. Yeah, that, that's going to yeah. say. Well, we'll kind of hear why like getting a running back like that at that place, especially in this draft, is probably not the best Fair move point. for sure. Fair point. Um, I, I you know I think they can because probably really get production was, elsewhere. In terms of the running that. backs, it was Bijan and everybody else. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. And this, we this were not shocked that Gibbs went that early. Yeah, this was not the running back draft by any means. Um, yeah, and I, I I already don't like drafting running backs unless it's the top guy. Otherwise, get something down in the later rounds. Yes, or, or sign a guy in free agency. If we had or, two or three freaks, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I or, get it. Or imagine like bad. in a in a perfect world, they were still looking for a guy and they had some room, and now yeah. we're like, oh, all these running yeah. backs don't want to yep, do what yep. they fair fair, you know. And so the it's it's not perfect, but I think they addressed certain needs in other ways to bump them up where they were already kind of like knocking on the door a little bit. So I, yeah. it's just to me, I think that they've only bumped. I think they've marginally gotten better. And uh, when, yeah. When, but to be when, fair, there also aren't a whole lot of teams that I, are like totally. vastly better. Oh, oh totally. Uh, well, aside I, from I just think some that, of the ones we've already mentioned. You're a team. I feel like you could have capitalized so much better on the momentum that you had. And again, dude, I could be wrong in eating crow and I will eat crow. Like we've eaten sure. crow on this podcast when you've gotten stuff wrong. I just think if they would have spent one pick differently, and I agree with you, like if yeah. they messed up on one draft pick, I, I agree. 
they, you know, they have been a team that has been very disciplined about the guys on their board. They, they're very yeah. key on their culture and, like they, and fit and for done, them. And they've mm-hmm. done well so, the last couple of years. They got Panay Sewell. They got yep. Jameson Williams, who like should hopefully pan out for them. Jameson Williams yeah. should definitely pan out for them. And, um, and they, they, they've made the smart moves. And I was like, they're going to do it again. Like there, there, are, there are chips. There are places for them to draft here. They, they did some trading back, which was fine. Yeah. I totally understand it. But again, like to me, it was like, bro, you can't like those are two. Again, not very important pieces of an offense. Those you can get in other places. You can get them in later rounds. It's fair. Mm-hmm. And the, obviously the tight end draft was, and also the tight end draft was deep this year. That's yeah, also true. It was. It was deep. So like, I just was. felt it was rich doing that, unless you were getting Kincaid. I, oh, yeah, I was going to say, gone. I also didn't like who they took at that spot. Yeah. Cause right. I'm, I, I've, I've said I think it Kincaid to was guys, gone. The Was Kincaid gone? Well, they he, moved, he may they have moved. been. It's been so long since I've brought well, up back, on draft but stuff, the, but. No, I mean, again, I think it's just one draft pick, and we I would have been really, really good. Like this would have been my my team personally, I just, yeah. but yeah. I just I, think they've improved themselves by like one win, one and a half wins. Well, they which which gets probably them to the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, no, the other team which we've already mentioned, well, I know we're going to agree with this, and it would be, and I want to keep moving, but we we definitely can't omit them is the Texans, and the yeah. Texans did a phenomenal job in the draft. They have put together a good roster. They were already good at defense. Uh, Demeco Ryan's coming in is a hundred percent going to just propel them forward because that dude's a monster uh, on the organization of defense. Showed that with the 49ers. Um, and in uh, their weakest spot, honestly, is their linebacking court. And guess what that guy used to do and and what he coaches. So, yeah. um, it, but their secondary was phenomenal last year. Got to see that firsthand uh, in a couple of games. I actually watched of theirs for some reason. And their defensive line has been good for a while, and they retain that coaching staff that's mm-hmm. going to give them the momentum. Love the C.J. Stroud pick. Um, love that they went and got Will Anderson. Like, love those two things. That was genius. Was, I, I, those are cornerstone pieces. I am very glad yeah. they got C.J. Stroud because all the talk, they may not do it, and I'm like, you, bro, yeah. you're a team that needs, it, needs that dude. And that dude's yeah. ceiling, his ceiling is higher than, than Bryce Young's. I... Man, that's that's hard to disagree with because you I don't see know, the uniqueness of the way he throws and moves. Physical attributes. He's a better athlete. Yeah. He's a better he, athlete. He's he, bigger. He's his, built for the NFL. His arm is better. Like his, he's got a bigger arm. Yep. Mm. yep. I, I we all agree on it. But I, you know, the the one thing, the only thing I didn't like that they did this offseason was what they did yesterday, and that was fully guarantee thirty nine million dollars to CJ Stroud, a twenty two year old, and then hand it to him. Yeah. Beautiful point. Twenty two year old. I don't love that. That's pr- not completely unprecedented. Um, I don't know I, many thirty-year-olds who could handle you know getting that much money. That's crazy to just get get it dumped on him at that young age. Can you um, just imagine just watching that enter your bank account? You're just watching and refresh. No, and we then can't. thirty plus million dollars just yeah. there. I'm not saying but, this is the case for him, but I know for me, I wouldn't feel quite as motivated. I, <laughs> once, yeah. once it's already there, I'm worried like, about oh, it. Yeah. But I gotta say, from his agent perspective. It, I mean, obviously, you want to get your guy your money, but it's also brilliant that they do it now. Because let's just say CJ Stroud does doesn't. Go off. Well, no, let's say he doesn't. Let's say in well, two years he sucks, and they trade him. Well, he already got all that money in a state that doesn't That's have true. income tax. So, like, true. he already took all that money in a state that doesn't have income tax. So, when he goes and he plays elsewhere, they would be on the hook that other team if they were paying him annually. But they won't be, and he's already collected it with no state income tax. That's pretty smart, because it, it, I, you know. And, and so I love the way that they drew the contract for him in that scenario. 
it's safe for him, safe for the team um, in terms of their longevity with their cap. And they're sitting pretty going forward after this season. So it and they know they're in a building context. So it actually makes sense on both sides from the cap perspective and for his income. Thought that was pretty brilliant. Um, I think I don't want to spend a ton of time on this next question, but I definitely want to hit it. Teams that took a big step back and I will start it again and I'll say it's the team that let go of their franchise quarterback. They're going to suck. And that's the Packers. Yeah. Uh, they, you just, they, you just can't they're gonna suck. You, you can't recover that. No, unless you also lost your number one. Or, or, unless your years, coach is Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah. Well, in two years in a row, they also have lost number one receiver. So they yeah. lost Adams last year. They lost Lazard, Lazard this year. And you lost your quarterback. Good luck, Jordan Love. You're going to well, get I, murdered. According to Jair Alexander, Love is that guy. Oh, yeah, cool. sure he is, says the guy who's making <laughs> a ton of money on the other side like of the crazy. ball. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's when I was like, now it's getting out of hand. Like, I'm all about being about your guys, but now it's getting out is of hand. Is he not the second highest pay- played or paid player on that team now? Because I'm pretty sure be. left tackle is, and then him. Yeah, I, that sounds about oh, right. Cool, he's, bro. What about he, Aaron Jones? Chilling. What about Aaron Jones? I mean. What? He's okay. What are you talking about? Well, in terms of getting paid. Oh, no, he's not. Okay. Because no, Alexander is Alexander's probably. I mean, I have to look up a specific, but I'm gonna guess around 15. Yeah. Um, and the guy whose name I cannot pronounce that plays left tackle, and I'm not gonna Bakhtiari. try. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure is making just under Trent Williams' money, so he's in the 20s. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, they do have a lot of cap room after this year because of the the trade with uh Rogers. They're on the hook uh for for a, a cap hit there, but. The going forward, they'll have money, but Jordan Love's going to get murdered. That team's going to suck. They're going to be in the top 10 draft and next year. No problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't write them down, but I, I didn't write them down because I felt like that one was kind of obvious at this yeah. point. When you lose a guy of that value at that position, you're just kind of toast. Sure. Um, one yeah. that I actually had as well, kind of for similar thing, different reason. Um, I do think the Tampa Bay Bucks are not going to be very good this year. No, they're horrible, and they have no cap room because all the dead money on their exactly. Books. And so, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are definitely going to be up there for me. They were already on the decline. Now you lose the goat, yep. which would be like the only credibility they had last year was like, "Can Tom Brady please do something for us?" Which which if- didn't necessarily pan out uh, as it would have in previous years. And uh, you know, Fournette last year obviously lacked production. Uh, you had some injuries all over the place. It just was not a good spot, and now they're even worse. Baker's on a <laughs> on a quote unquote revenge tour. Uh, no, he's on a get us there. through the year contract. If by the way, with quarterback contracts, you're not aware when a player retires, you're still on the hook for that cap hit for that year. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't save you any money. It does. It negates the re- any re- other remaining years. But him going out, I believe uh, Tom Brady was scheduled to be a twenty-five to thirty million dollar cap hit. So they've got that dead money on the books, yeah, as well as some other money from bad contracts. So it, it's looking bleak uh, over in Tampa Bay. This is yeah. your future, by the way, with the Rams. This is what what yeah, is happening yeah, but, right now to the Buccaneers. But I, as I'm sure, with Buccaneers fans are feeling the same way. Like, well, we got, we got Tom Bowl, Brady, so, and he uh, won us a championship. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll take it. Yeah. So um, they're they're not feeling that bad, but that team's not going to be fun to they're watch. They're not fair. They're not thrilled to watch. They're like they're not like. Can't wait for this season to start. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it, that if that's what you sign scenario. up for, the sooner you can get that ring and then hit 
the bottom of the barrel is right. the you know the quicker you can potentially rebound. So that I'm I'm right there with you, Bucks fans. I'm sure there's maybe like one of you out there listening to our show. But <laughs> yeah. I think for me, a team that I am not high on at all, and I this has actually been my team I've not been high on at all like the past couple of years. But it's the team in Las Vegas. They did not get better. I agree. They didn't get better. I agree. As a team. Again, I almost made, wrote them down for this as well. They they made a lateral move at quarterback. Arguably even worse because, as James said earlier, the best ability is availability. Derek Carr was available. Now they decided to screw him over. Their guy, their best franchise quarterback, last like, you know, three weeks of the season. They didn't get better there. They trade away Darren Waller. They replaced him with Michael Mayer. But again, Darren Waller is a proven dude. He hasn't been healthy, but. At missed his a lot ceiling. of time. Missed a lot of time. Missed a lot of time, but like at his ceiling, the dude's a top three tight end. Like it's yes, like On absolutely, ceiling, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so they didn't really get better there. There's this huge question mark with Josh Jacobs. That defense, that secondary is still atrocious, horribly, which, horribly again, bad. They did nothing to address, and that was what I was ringing the bell on last year. Mm-hmm. And they're yep. like, "Cool, who are gonna, these people? So, like you can't you can't name anybody in the secondary." I was looking at their entire roster today, and I was like. That's they have not a, good. They have, a, <laughs> they have one dude who's good, yeah. and it's Devonta Adams. But I'm sorry. In the NFL, it, you well, can't. They, I mean, they do have well, a pass rusher. They, hey, they Mass signed, Rundle. what, Jacoby Myers? <laughs> yeah, neat. Um, but, like, they didn't, they didn't get – They made, and in the NFL, if, if you're not getting better, you're, you're not good. Like, yeah. that's just the way it goes. If you're, like, so, I, again, I'm really low on this team. I really was not a, a fan of what I saw them do with – with what Josh McDaniels did with that offense. I mean, dude, like mm-hmm. you didn't figure out that you had Devonte Adams until like week four. That was bad. Like I mean, we he were was scratching like, our heads for that first. He was, he was month. getting right. like four targets a game the first month and it, a half. Well, and, and I think that will be one thing that clearly changes. You went in yes. and got a guy and you're like, Hey, you have Devonta Adams, throw him the ball, Jimmy G just give him the ball. Yeah. And again, but like, I, I, yeah, I just think that, what Jimmy brings to the table isn't anything different than Derek Carr really brings yeah. to the table. And it, and it's fair because what the potential that they were looking at was having to pay Carr between 35 and, and 40 in that neighborhood yeah. uh, to re-sign. And, 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 and his stats show that he's not worth that. Right. Yeah. And Jimmy signed for less than 25 a year. Yeah. And so they did I save mean, up money. Until, up until a few days ago, we didn't even know if he was going to even play for the That's team. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But like they did save money, and genuinely, uh, the issue for me is, and I, and I agree with you here, they didn't spend it. You no. saved money, but then you didn't spend it, and you needed to spend it on literally like the back which is, which in my, uh, seven guys of your, your defense. Which then what I look at is like, okay, so, so then you could have just paid Derek Carr. Because yeah. if, you, if you're saving the money, but then you're not spending it, it's the most lateral, like it's. I, I'm not even gonna say lateral. It, it's a it's a negative move. It's a net. It's a yeah. it's a net negative because again, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't gonna play you 17 got, games. Yeah, He's you not got going a, to a worse, less available quarterback for less money, but didn't like like you said, Matt didn't actually do anything with that money. So yeah. it's like really what? the only thing you do there is save money. <laughs> you you save money. I will say the one thing that that as a and and I I understand like. I like Jimmy G more than most people do, but I will say that he's going to be an incredible fit for that offense in terms of what they want to do. Car's not incredible fit for eleven games. You're not wrong, but Car Car a hundred percent has gone through 
just a barrage of OCs and systems and been yeah. asked to do a lot of different things there. I mean, you remember, you know, John Gruden was his coach. Like he had multiple types of systems that he ran with John Gruden. And, and then he goes through this gauntlet of guys and then he gets stuck with Josh and it Again, just doesn't work. Like, like not as obvious in the first month of last year, as mm-hmm. you just pointed in, out. In, in like, so, Josh, he's got one more year and then he's gone. Like probably. I mean, the dude's already had his chance. He's got to make the playoffs. Tuck his tail, go back to New England. He'll be an offensive coordinator, you know, and And that he can do fine in. But like, yeah, but yeah, he's not. He's He's an OC. He's not a head coach. coach. Yeah, I will say we don't have to spend too much time on it. So we can move on to the next thing. But another team I did write down. I don't think the Saints are going to be that good. That was another team, too. I was thinking about like, I think, I think, I think they got better at quarterback. Because yes, because you weren't really rolling out a real and, quarterback. Yeah, exactly. So so like that's why I didn't, and I went with the team that got worse at that position. Yeah, but that are they're relatively in the same spot. I mean, the Saints also are in cap space hell. Yeah, yes, they are. And they and like everyone's yeah. everyone's oh, Thomas is washed. Honestly, Kamara's kind of washed at this point too. Like, yeah, I, I'm not until I see otherwise. I'm not getting up and getting excited to watch him play football like I was a few. No, years they don't like, have weapons. That team. I, it's gotta be the old, like it's gotta be the oldest. The team's old. Oh yeah, no, they're up there for sure. Like if we look at the average, for they sure. gotta be like the average is like thirty three. If Taysom, if Taysom Hill is like the bright spot of your utility, then I'm not really super well, they, stoked. They got a Lave. Yeah, yeah. Lave had a thousand yard. Right? Did he clip a thousand last year? I think he did. Like that's exciting for you. Uh, yeah. They see. also they Let's also see. drafted Brian Barisi. I think they got him. So that's that division's gonna stink. It's terrible. That division stinks. Honestly, I think the Panthers are the best team in that division. I, I of all the teams in there, I would be and I'm the sure, most and excited to watch. We'll the Panthers. save that. I think I think the yeah. Panthers are kind of slept on and what they could do. Yeah, there are only two teams in the NFL that are older than New Orleans, and that is, believe it or not, New England. Yeah, and. <laughs> Wow. Oh, sorry. Three. Uh, Buffalo. Really? Uh, I believe yeah. that. And oh, that secondary is getting a little older. Las Vegas. Those are the, those are the three Neat. teams that are older than But I don't think New any Orleans, of those teams are so. in a worse situation with their money than the Saints. Well, I mean, okay. You're not wrong uh, in terms of longevity, but for the top 51 that are on their team, which is the cap that counts in week one, uh, they are actually... Uh, right now they're at 19 in the league, so okay. they're at 12. They're 12 million, which puts them around. They must have been Washington working on some stuff Houston, I wasn't paying attention to. But like six months, six to eight months ago, they were the worst, and it was really bad. Well, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. What they did was Carr's contract is going to hit late, so they yeah. did move some of that money back, which is smart of them. Um, and then they were able to to also uh, because of one player's retirement nullify some deal. And then they renegotiated two contracts that brought, I think, almost twenty million dollars out. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna be in dead money hell for the next three to four years, uh, basically. And they're don't gonna love have their to, coach either. They're gonna have he, to draft like that. I was I didn't like that from day one. I was not impressed. Yeah. So, well, we're excited because we're gonna get to something, and uh, right now, uh, super pumped uh, for this next segment. All right, we want to welcome in our good buddy, Mike, who is joining us for a new segment that we're going to be featuring here uh, each week of the podcast. We move into the NFL season. Mike has joined us 
multiple times before for draft coverage and in guest appearances. So uh, joining us via Zoom today from a few hours away from us is our good buddy, Mike. Welcome in, man. Good day. Good day. So, dude, we're doing great. We're excited to be back. Uh, It's (laughs) been a stupidly long hiatus for us. And uh, we're we're excited about this coming year, man. I know we're pumped about training camps coming up this week, right? Can I wait? Oh, man. I, I've been paying attention as a 49er fan. I know you have. We text all the time. But, like, so pumped uh, to hear the great news. Great news today. Some great news. Brock Purdy's back in today. And we're really excited about that. He got the all clear from the Niners. And we'll start That's training cute. camp, it looks like. Uh, Grant doesn't care, but that's fine. Um, no, man, but there's been other news that broke today, and that's what we want to spend some time talking about is the running back situation has been the talk of the offseason. Uh, Saquon Barkley had led the charge, literally, on uh, these contract issues that several of the featured running backs himself, Dalvin Cook, uh, Pollard, uh, Josh Jacobs, of course, uh, all these guys have been going through. Eckler had complained early in the offseason, all these different guys. And I wanted to get your input today on what's been going on in this situation. So I just kind of want to lay into that right away. As I mentioned, Saquon, Saquon signed today. Uh, they beefed up his tag, essentially. Uh, we're looking at, I, if I remember the numbers right, $990,000 worth of incentives. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So they transferred uh, $2 million of his $10 million into a signing bonus. So he gets it right away. So he gets 2 million right away. Uh, I have a great joke to about the CJ Stroud contract and uh, $39 million that he just got right away, but right. Uh, 2 million is fine. I guess. Uh, sure. That's a nice number. Um, but he was all smiles today. He's reporting. He's moving forward. That was huge news that broke today. And we know that that's, that's probably got to be the start of the dominoes, right? From your perspective, got to get Saquon in there. And then what are we going to see all these other guys start to sign? Is Jacobs coming all that? Well, from everything that I heard today um, and have been paying attention to is, is uh, Dalvin cook and a bunch of these running backs had a online zoom meeting the other day, just this last weekend. Right. And basically uh, what Dalvin was saying on the, the rich Eisen show today was like, there's not much they can do about it. You know, everybody's still got to feed their family. Everybody's still got to eventually sign these contracts. Um, Josh Jacobs is reportedly willing to hold out for the whole season at this point. Um, but when you look at what Saquon did today, go ahead and signing for basically the tag plus some incentives. Um, he's looking at kind of being undermined by Saquon for his leverage. You know, like if Saquon held out, he held out. Maybe running back sticking together would help out. But no, you're looking at like people got to feed. And, and different people have different personalities. And Saquon's not the kind of guy that wants to hold out. He wants to play ball. And uh, so it, it's a hard place to be for these running backs right now. And it's, uh, as a fan, it's hard to really feel sorry for him for making $10 million. That's fair. That's fair. I, my question with Jacobs is, I, you know, we heard that Saquon, and you saw his frustration in the comments last week. He said, maybe oh, I'll just sit out, whatever. But that's frustration. Is, is Jacobs really willing to stick to those guns? I mean, for that long? Because we saw what happened to Le'Veon. And that yes. was a disaster for Le'Veon. Yeah. Um, but do you, I, uh, do you think that's a, a real possibility? Like, he'd actually do it, though? It depends. I, from everything I looked at today, he really wasn't even offered a contract. Um, J- 
Jacobs. They're like, here's the tag. Good luck. Um, Saquon Barkley was offered uh, $14.5 million for three years, or not each year for three years, with the guarantees going down and down. Um, and he kind of hemmed and hawed, but uh, he was oh, I mean. asking for $16 million. They offered him 14 and a half. The guaranteed money at the third year seemed to be the big holdup between the two. And uh, when the Jones, Daniel Jones deal was done with the Giants, they pulled the Barkley deal and didn't even offer him another one. They said, here's the tag. Jones jumped on the offer first, so we're tagging you instead. They, they apparently went into their meeting saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to offer the, we're going to sign one of these guys and we're tagging the other. Jones jumped on his deal first. Mm. Barkley gets the tag. And, uh, and, that, and that's from Mike Florio. Um, from his podcast today, he's an insider there in New York, big time, and he, and that's he's basically said the Giants told Barkley, if you don't take this deal right now, you're not getting another deal, and so well, they kind of it's kind of where they went with it. And they yeah. know they know they have the leverage for running backs, and that that kind of seems to be the consensus around the league that the the GMs, the owners understand they have the leverage. Period. Because if you won't. You know, there's another team that's got two guys, or we can just go get a rookie. And it's the most, it seems to be the most replaceable position in the NFL. There's always another guy that you can hand the rock to that can cut twice and take off, right? There's not a lot of special guys. Now, I would argue that Barkley is clearly special. Absolutely. Jacobs. Jacobs is special. Nick Chubbs is special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, King Henry is special. CMC is special. Um, I'd make the case for Eckler at this point in his career. Um, you know, is is in that as well. Um, I don't know that Dalvin is special, uh, but you know, you could throw certainly a number of guys into consideration there. My my big thing, and you, that you just touched on, is these teams know they have the leverage, so it doesn't seem to be doing any of these players any good to continue to hold out. They are losing no. money. Is that the consensus at this point? Well, if you can do what Barkley did today. So he essentially raised the cap hit by a million dollars. So right. if you look at the and, and the, and the tags are based off the top numbers. So Saquon Barkley has moved the cap for the tag next year up just a little bit, just by raising his tag hit a little bit. So it does technically help for next year. And especially if they try to tag him again, it's 20% of what his tag hit is this year. And so it gives him an extra $500,000 if they try to tag him next year just by signing something that gave him just a little bit more this year. But this so, is, it seems like a dangerous ploy, though, because... Oh, absolutely. I mean, these guys are... They're, they're losing money along the way as well. I was reading that... Uh, I know it's a different position, but it's still the NFLPA agreement. Like uh, Nick Bosa, if he doesn't come in today, is losing fifty grand uh, per day until he reports, uh, which seems like that's probably imminent for the 49ers. That's a whole different discussion. But these guys are losing money and getting fined um, if they have a contract and are not acting upon. Does is is Jacobs getting fined? So the tag's different because he hasn't signed. So he they he's technically not signed to the Vegas. Uh, Raiders at all. They just own so his rights for the year. If they he's just own play. his rights for okay. the year. And if he doesn't sign at all, when he comes back next year, they can't tag him because he never was signed with them this last year. They just so, own the rights for the whole year. So this is the Le'Veon Bell situation. This is completely the Le'Veon Bell situation. And and I can't imagine 
and he's been pretty staunch in what he's been saying on social media about holding out for training camp. And, um, you know, we see this all the time with anybody that gets tagged or wants a new contract, they'll hold out for training camp. But at some point you got to report some point you got to You're going to come in and get paid because as soon as he misses a game, I think it's something along the lines of like $800,000 he loses out on or $500,000 a game. But until the game time, he doesn't lose any money. There's no bonuses for coming in. There's so he can hold out in the entire training cap, sign his tender right before game start, and he doesn't lose anything. So in a sense, for the short term, he does hold leverage. In the long term, he's playing a dangerous game uh, in trying for further contract negotiations because teams aren't going to cozy up to a guy who decides to sit. We saw that with Le'Veon. He, he ended up making less money by far than what he was offered by the Steelers in that situation. And, but he can take the next month off. No harm, no foul. Show up the week they're, they're prepping for, I forget who the Raiders are playing week one, but uh, for the first week of the season, and he's in, essentially. Yeah, and, but you look at people that have held out recently. You've got Debo Samuel last year, and he's held, he, I mean, all offseason this year, he's like, I wish I would have never held out. I was not in football shape. He's like, I right. worked out on my own. I, I, I'm a healthy person. But being there with the team, working out in game situations, being there for preseason, coming in at the end of preseason last year and actually playing and getting a new deal like he did, he just he wasn't healthy. And and other people that have held out have said the same thing. They're like, We're not I'm not the same player if I'm not training like it's football season. Um, the same routine that you've done for literally twenty, you know, fifteen, twenty years of your life. Well, what what were these numbers that these guys were looking for? You or well, you already mentioned Saquon's, but what's Jake was yeah. Jacob looking for the three years or the four years? Was that what was he what he was seeking? Everything reported seems to be like most of these running backs at this point are looking for that three or four year. But it's it's not that the teams aren't willing to sign him for that long. It's that guaranteed money on the back half. It's, I mean, Jacobs would have, I mean, the team, the Raiders would have offered him or signed him. I guarantee, I almost guarantee you if they'd have been like, all right, well, here's $14 million with a, you know, two or 3 million of it being signing bonus for this year. And then the next two years, it drops off by year three, you're only guaranteed, you know, like $3 million. Vegas would take that in a heartbeat. But Jacobs is like, no, I'm, I'm worth more than that year, you know, in the third year. Like, I want guaranteed money. If I get injured, I get almost nothing. And I'm getting injured playing for you, you know, and that's where this, this big disconnect's coming in. But the teams are looking at it at the same time and be like, the likelihood of you being injured or not producing by year three because you're 27 is very high. Right. So they're, you know, teams are protecting themselves and the running backs are trying to protect themselves in the long run for money wise. Well, okay. And it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, in, in the Raiders situation, though, Again, this is a leverage conversation. So in the Raiders situation, if Jacobs holds out in, in that particular place, what do the Raiders even look like on the ground? Like, what are their options? You got Jimmy G coming in as their first-year quarterback. By the way, just passes physical. is apparently good to go. Um, yep. and, uh, I, but they were planning on just Jacobs being a huge part of that offense and what has made Jimmy successful in the times that he had been with the 49ers was the strong run game. I know that that's what they're trying to duplicate, obviously. So what's behind Jacobs on the depth chart that really they have any options with? Uh, Dalvin Cook for $7 million a year. <laughs> we just made this joke um, <laughs> before or we came on. Let, let's call, take but... Ezekiel Elliott for $2 million. Uh, How about 
Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette for a total of five million. Like they can, so they don't have it on the roster. There. They don't. I don't. I don't think they really have it on the roster. I mean, you can eke out a little bit, but you don't just replace Jacobs with one guy you have on the roster because if you did, then you why would you even tag him? You know, um, Jacobs was the leading rusher last year for a reason. Um, and it's not just because their line is good. It's because Jacobs is good. And they know that. So they want him back, but they have to make it right for themselves. They can't just give away the bank for a running back when you're run, when they're bad at betting on Jacobs only being good for another two, three years, and then they're going to replace him anyway. Well, and isn't their next option Amir Abdullah? Is yeah. That, that yeah. Their next and right and he's more of a third. He's more of a third down guy. He's that, you know, kind of a quicker. He's not the pounder. He's also the tackles. 30 years old. Yeah, he's old. And that's what I'm saying. Like they'll they'll reach out to Dalvin Cook. They'll reach out. I think there's an element of this to who that the Raiders organization has to please the fans in some way because they made a lateral move with their quarterback. They didn't get better there. And some may argue they may got worse because maybe their play is equal, but Garoppolo can't stay on the field. But Jacobs signing him, it allows you to create some excitement for a team that doesn't really have anybody else for them to be excited about as a fan. And so I think there's element of that in a new city, you need players that are exciting. And I think I think as an organization, you have to do it. In my opinion, if I'm a, if I'm the a part of this organization, that's what I want to do. You know, everybody's been saying the exact same thing about the Giants for the past two months. And what did they do? They sat on Barkley and said, you're either going to play with us or you're not. You're an integral part. I mean, he's, he's the best part of that entire team, in my yes. opinion. Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. And they looked at him straight in the eye and said, we don't need you that bad. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they told him monetarily, is, is we're willing to pay you. Basically what everyone else is willing to pay running backs. No more, no less. If you walk away, you walk away. We're done. Like that, that's basically what they told them when they, when you give them the tag like that. And when they pulled that 14 and a half and said, we will not give you another contract. If you do not sign the one we're giving you right now. And then he sat on it and then they signed Jones and they pulled that contract. And Mike Flurry reported today that they never even called him to negotiate another contract before the deadline. They told him, this is your last shot. No more. He didn't believe him. And boom, tag. Done. Yeah, and I think that's something that we're going to see change over the next coming years. I don't... Because because this salary... The salaries aren't going to move that much for for running backs. They're Not to no. the degree, obviously, that the wide receivers have, that the quarterbacks have. There's an interesting amount of leverage that those two positions in particular have. Also, the pass rushers have on the other side of the ball. Um, even uh, well, and then today, uh, Diggs just signed for what was that five five years? Five years, ninety-seven million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that it's not going to move for the running backs. So, uh, and I, I think the lesson here is going to be learned that you sign early when you're re-signing, um, and the team will show you value, but you're going to have to you're going to have to sign early and show commitment. And also probably be willing to take some less guaranteed dollars to get the numbers you're hoping for. I mean, even even Henry didn't get 
incredible guarantees within the structure of his deal in comparison to other players at other positions uh, around the league. So I think that's just something that is going to have to, they're going to have to realize and maybe negotiate sooner. So we don't get into this deep thing where you're not, the needle's not moving for you and you're not getting longevity. Well, and I would point out that everybody points to like, Hey, the highest paid running back in the league is Christian McCaffrey. He's making $16 million a year. Last year was the last year of his guaranteed money. Right. So he signed through 2026 with no more guaranteed money. The Niners can walk away from him at any point at this point. I, I will personally like, cry in the corner if they do, but yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I'm just pointing out, like, I mean, yeah. Alvin Kamara, I believe, doesn't have any more guaranteed money. That's Derek correct. Henry is on, on his last year. He's got no more guaranteed money. He's only making 12 and a half. Nick Chubb, um, he's got two years left, and he's almost got no guaranteed money. No guaranteed money. Just go down this list. Then you got Saquon Barkley. He's number five now on the list here. And he's the first one with fully guaranteed contract because it's a tag. It's all 100% guaranteed besides the 900,000 in incentives that are added on. So him, Pollard, potentially Jacobs walking around with the most guaranteed money with on the, the year. With the most guaranteed money this year. <laughs> That's but no longevity. So it's, no it's longevity. What, do you, what do you want year to year to year to year? Uh, looking at those options, you know, as you just said, and then uh, Grant's got a couple questions for you too. Um, I did, I mean, Zeke is available 28 years old. I uh, can't get a job right now. Dalvin, 27 years old, doesn't have a job right now. Fournette, 28 years old, doesn't have a job. Kareem Hunt, 27, doesn't have a job. Uh, then the players start to get a little older on the list here. You know, McKissick at 29. Mark Ingram's not an option really for anybody. Um, you know, but there's a bunch of kick the tires guys, if you will, uh, on down the list. And that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jacobs uh, as we move forward. But and I, I, I would just point out to you real quick that yep. um, we've been joking all last year, last, last two years, saying, why is Dallas even having Ezekiel Elliott anymore? Pollard's obviously better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, even, even the Dallas Cowboy fans I know are like, why is Pollard not getting the ball 20 times a game instead of 12? Well, well again, the pay discrepancy in that too, like what Zeke was yeah, getting was, paid, the output he was giving comparatively to what Pollard was getting. It was a bad deal. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was I mean, Cowboys overpay their guys all the time. That's a thing that they do. Yeah, so, but if you look at, you also look at the rest of the league, they look at what happened with Zeke. He obviously oh, he set the has not been Jerry producing. Jones screwed up running back, the running back market. Yeah. I 100% believe so. They, they look at what Jerry Jones did and they, they're like, Zeke was amazing. He led the league in rushing, what, four years ago? Something like that? Five years ago? Right before his deal? And he just had not been that good since. I mean, there was an injury, and he just hasn't been as good. And then the rest of the looks like, how much money did you pay him? And he didn't really produce as a running back because right. you signed him after year six or whatever it was. So there, there's no need. They look at you go back and you look at what the, the San Francisco 49ers have been doing. Everybody's kind of pointing towards them. They went to the Super Bowl with a couple of fifth round running backs. You know, Who cares? Chiefs they won the Super Bowl last year with a seventh 49ers round running back. I've also spent 11 draft picks on running backs in the last three years. Yes, they have. Yeah. And it's working out just fine. Working out just okay. fine. They also they also got uh what is it? What is Mike? Eleven draft picks next year. Yeah. Uh, they have a ton they have time coming back to them. And and five of them in the first three rounds. It's it's so hard to look at what's going on with the running back and realize I think this has more long term effect that the NFL doesn't necessarily want than it does anybody 
the fan base included, really caring what's going on. I mean, because if you're the Raiders and Jacob holds out, he's like, I'm not playing. And you go out and get Dalvin Cook. Are you really worried that your team's not performing as much? Like, is there not how much of a difference? Is there is there much of a difference between Cooks and Jacobs? Jacobs might be a harder runner, but Cooks might catch more passes. Well, I think like, it would depend on the the team he's on because a team like the Raiders, who has it was like bereft of talent, it doesn't really matter who's carrying the ball if it's Cook or Jacobs. Now, if it's yeah. a team like the Let's just use like two stacked teams, for instance. Let's use the Eagles and the Niners. A team that is, both those teams are pretty comparable in terms of their makeup, in terms of what they do. Great front sevens. They've got, they've got a great run game overall, great offensive scheme, defense scheme, all kind of stuff. I think that's when you have teams that are more evenly matched. I think that's where then you look at the individual, you look at the running back, you say, okay, who is better, Jacobs or Cook, for this? And say one of them is on the Niners, one's on the Eagles. I think that's where that difference happens. But when a team isn't competitive, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Raiders hope to be, expect to be all that stuff going in. And for my money, I'd, I'd be taking Jacobs in that scenario um, just because of the productivity that he's had within the scheme in the last couple of years. I mean, I'm still wondering, and, and we're going to get there in a little bit, about the Vikings and that decision. But um, but genuinely, I, I think I would lean that direction because there has been a slight bit more productivity. But I, I agree with you, Mike, overall. Is it that big of a deal? Are you that sad or do you lose all hope because you got Dalvin instead of? And, you know, that is the scenario well, that could take place. I, I don't think it's a huge deal, though. No. And, and if you're a Raiders fan, are you going to go to a game to watch Dalvin Cook run? Absolutely. Oh, for instead sure. Of, instead of Josh Jacobs. And if your team saves $5 million a year by signing Cooks, who is making, I think, a couple million from the Vikings this year after they cut him, he still right. got, has a little bit of money coming. So he can sign for a little less and still get the same, you know, essentially get paid the same um, as these people signing. Yeah, because he did get the June one does. He, he got the June one designation, I believe. Yes. And uh, so he does get some of that money, but not all that money. But I will remind everybody listening to this discussion that uh, the best player on that offense plays on the outside. Uh, last Abs, name, yes. last name, Adams, first name, Devonta. And uh, that that offense is is built to go to him first and then elsewhere secondarily. So, but it's still a really interesting situation. I'm curious what will happen, but I know Grant's got a couple questions for you. I'll kick it over to him. Yeah. So let's stay on the topic of Dalvin, Mike. The the question is why, like, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about a dude who rushed for 1100 yards? And I don't know how many touchdowns he had, but had a very good year, Uh, you know, probably within the top 10, like, why are we having this conversation right now? Why did the Vikings decide to do it? a team that we feel like has been a, had a balanced offensive scheme, had Justin Jefferson, you know, has Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, who can sling the ball. Like, obviously, he's got his, his critics and things like that. He had that awesome quote that was like, you know, for this, cause that quarterback Netflix show is like, if my critics saw me walking on water, they'd say because I can't swim. But obviously, yeah. Kirk Cousins is still, <laughs> in terms of his production... A, a great court. Like you'd be, you'd be happy to have him on your team. You know, over thirty touchdowns, four thousand yards. You know, 10, 10 picks. Like a good. I, I would absolutely love him on my team. Yeah, because my team would. tried to get him before he went to the Vikings. Yeah, like and, he, like he's he's a talented dude, and like you 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 had all these things. The the Vikings have always been in the mix of that that ten win ten win team, um, and they needed a running back. And if you see at what they now have you see there's a massive hole there that obviously when you cut a dude like Dalvin Cook, that happens. So why did, why did they do that? 
it's a scheme fit. Um, okay. they, they brought in some new guys last year. And uh, Dalvin Cook said earlier yesterday, actually, in an interview, he's like, I saw this coming halfway through last year. I was getting less and less touches as the year went on. And if you go back and look at the numbers, he got less and less touches as the year went on because they the Vikings are becoming a pass-first offense. And once they signed his backup to a $7 million deal, he, he knew he was done. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here. There's no way they keep us both. And, right. and, and I'm just not the skill set they're looking for here. And they can save money by cutting. It's basically yeah. kind of what it came down to. And, and, he is, and he admits, he's like, I'm a bell cow. I want the ball as much as I can. And he's proven I'm it. Better, yeah, I'm better when I get the ball 20 times than if I get it 10. Yeah. He, I'm a downhill runner. This is what he would tell you. And, and that's what he's looking for. He's like, I want, I want the ball in my hand, and I want to run the ball. Yeah, and I and I think the Vikings looked at that and said that's not what we want to do with our offense anymore. We want Kirk Cousins to throw for five thousand yards. Yeah, to all of the, put it all on Justin Jefferson's hands. Like that's what they want. Yeah, I again I think that's crazy because we've seen teams that try to do that. We see teams like there's a team in Buffalo that tries to do <laughs> that, and uh, they seem to fall short. And there's one thing that they always seem to lack, and that's would be someone like a Dalvin Cook, someone who can be a bell cow. I think that. I think that obviously, yeah, our, our, the NFL has gone more pass heavy. That's been happening in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years. That's that's been the thing. That's been the talking point. That's why these running back value has depreciated. But I think that, like, when you look at these teams, like all the teams that make it to the Super Bowl or have deep runs, they have a dude, or they have at least pr- production like that come out of that out of that position group. And so I just find that interesting. Yeah, but if you look back, even going to Buffalo and going back to the Giants with Saquon Barkley. Um, Saquon Barkley's new deal that he signed today, um, part of his 300,000 signing bonus is that he wants, or he has to get like 1,350 yards rushing. Right. Well, he's not going to do that because Daniel Jones is going to get 500, 600 yards rushing. It's just going to happen. Yeah. That's the kind of quarterback he is. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen's going to get 500 yards rushing. So they don't feel like they need that Bill Cow running back. They're going to be able to supplement that with a running quarterback yeah and and because the defense still has to play the run on every play even if you don't have that bell count and mm-hmm. that's and that's i think part of the change for the running back and that's part of the reason they're looking at like now now that doesn't ex- necessarily explain out Dalvin cook because kirk cousins is not a great runner i mean he's not bad he's that blood guy but he, he's mm-hmm. not you know he's not daniel jones running the ball yeah that makes sense well moving on to the next question you you, you mentioned dalvin cook um, you know, wanting to go somewhere where he's, you know, he's a, he's, he's a bell cow. He needs to, he needs to touch the ball, you know, 20 times. Where do you think, uh, like, where do you think that, that, that best fit for him to do that, where he can be the most successful? Um, right now at the top of my list, and it might sound a little crazy is, uh, and, the, and there's a big if here is if, if Tony Pollard's injury isn't mm-hmm. recovering as well as they want him to, because um, he's not starting necessarily starting the year, you know, he, he had a pretty bad injury late in the year. And like you look at Dallas and say, you know what, bring Dalvin Cook in for a year, and that makes that team more viable for the whole year, waiting sure. on Pollard to come back from his injury. And they have the money to spend on him, and that's part of the reason I brought Dallas up is is they I have cap about that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and we got, you know, we lose Zeke, but we bring in Dalvin Cook. Um, you just got better. Uh. Mm-hmm. for yeah. seven million a year even less than you were play, paying zeke so and can you run pollard and zeke together as a two two hit i think you could i mean they um, did it that's what they've they did been it. doing that's what pollard's yeah. been used to doing 
And, and if Pollard's hurt, that allows you to let your guy heal up a little bit for a playoff run and mm. let Cook eat. I would also say the obvious one that everyone's talking about is Miami. Right. And, and I believe Dalvin Cook in Miami is an absolute upgrade over what they have. Right. Oh, for sure. You got Jeff Wilson and uh, not Breda, but uh, Mostert there. Yep. And, and Mostert's always injured. And Wilson's good, but he has yet to really shine in any way. And he lasts consistency. He'll pop off for 160, yeah, it, like twice and in then the he, season. And then he can't gain 10 yards, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And so, so Dalvin Cook there makes sense, but they're also a quick hit, accurate, throw the ball kind of, I mean, with those receivers you have, they're yeah. probably the best receiving core in the league sitting right there. How much you really want to bring in a rush heavy guy with those pass catchers over the top. Yes, it does help, but do you right. really need it? Do you feel like you need it? Do you want to spend the money there? Um, and my, my last one would be for me would be Denver. Mm. You bring in Dalvin cook into Denver with that defense, run the ball, let Sean Payton do his thing. Um, let Russell Wilson who played at his best with a big, heavy bell cow. He's, he's a quick, accurate passer. When the pass rush is, held at bay the best way to hold a pass rush is to run the ball a lot yep. just go look at marshawn lynch and what he did for the seattle seahawks i think that's that's where as a fan of football and if i was a denver fan i would want that so bad right now yeah. bring in dalvin cook i don't, I don't care about p ryan or who else is there bring in dalvin cook let let those guys be the alvin kamara third down back uh, you know bring in cook as the old mark ingram heyday of the saints kind of back and yeah. get it done. I like that. I like that fitting a lot. I think that'd be really good for that team. Be good for that quarterback where they're trying to make work in Denver. Um, yeah. just, you know, I think the, Sean the name Payton, that you do not say, Oh, I can say it all I want. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Thanks Broncos. You guys are dumb, but <clears throat> we just got better without you. But that being said, I think those are some really good options. I mean, yeah, I didn't even think about the Cowboys and the Broncos. Can, um, well, can I throw can I throw one in here? I, I'm looking at salary cap, okay, and and where where teams are at, looking at their top 51 and the space that they may have, and and one of the one of the teams that stands out to me who is already really good but got worse at running back, and I know this would suck for those of us who love all these teams in the NFC, NFC and want them to be good, but Eagles have 12 million dollars. And everybody's signed, and they don't have any extensions coming. And Rashad Penny is going to make it through three games because he's built a glass. He'll yeah. run for 180 yards in those three games. Oh, sure. But and like, then he'll die. And then he'll die. So, but what if they throw him a year and eight? You know, the, the four million still sitting there that they may need to throw some, some guys. Uh, that aren't in that top 51, but I know the top 51 is the number that matters. They got to, it adjusts a little bit throughout the season. If you pull a guy from the practice squad, all that kind of stuff for people that don't know that, but uh, $8 million would leave them with four plus million, which would definitely help them uh, with the practice squad scenario. Uh, That's kind of where you need to be sitting when you go in. Does that not seem like a just terrifying fit to wreak havoc on the NFC? It does. And it's interesting that it doesn't seem like the Eagle. I mean, they could have kept Miles Sanders for seven or six or $7 million and they didn't. Um, 
And Miles Sanders is pretty darn good. I mean, especially if you go look at fantasy numbers. Coming off career year. Yeah. Yeah, he had a career year. And they're all like, eh, we're okay. We'll pay these guys a lot less. And I think Philadelphia has the same mindset going in. It was always like, we'll, we'll bring in a couple, you know, three or four cheap running backs and we'll just rotate them out. And we have a, a quarterback that can run. So we don't need that run first heavy guy. Um, we have great receivers who are physical. Um, we're going to catch quick passes and take it to the house. The passing game, the short passing game has become part of a running game, basically. And so you have these quick passes throughout the whole league, these screens that have dominated for years now that you, we need a running back that can go out wide. We need a running back. And Dalvin Cook's not necessarily that guy. And I think that's what, I think that's what some of these teams are looking at. They're like, okay, let's bring in one of these guys like Rashad Benny who can, can do some stuff for us, but we're not worried about the running back position because I'd rather have three of our awesome wide receivers out there and our tight end rather than the extra running back or four wide receiver set rather than have a running back. And the league's really kind of turning that way, especially since the defense has to watch out for the running quarterback. They have to watch out for that running quarterback. So they always have that guy that used to spy the running back is now just spying the quarterback. So you're really not losing anything with the running um, I would throw out another name for you real quick is the Carolina Panthers. They've got Chuba Hubbard, who's pretty good, but they've also got 21 million in cap space. So maybe they throw some money at one of these running backs to help out because they seem to be all in on helping that QB uh, over there. Yeah. So Mike, we got a couple minutes left here. Give me like 60 seconds uh, for this last question here. Should teams be feeling like running backs are easily replaceable? Are they really like are running backs actually really re- as replaceable as these uh, contracts and owners seem to think they are? And and I'll throw into that because because the right now the Bills are what four or five guys deep. Uh, yeah. They you know they they got Damian Harris, they got Naeem Hines who I think got arrested this week or something did something <laughs> dumb. Um and James Cook is a projected starter at the moment. Like they've got all these guys just sitting there. You've got Kansas City that's going to platoon. Uh, Pacheco's healthy, but they're still going to platoon. Miami's platooning with Mostert and Wilson and their rookie, whose name is eluding me at the moment. But like they're all these teams that are quote unquote going to be great. And the team that just won the Super Bowl didn't have and don't or didn't have a starting running back that you could just be like, that's your guy. So are they really replaceable like this? Or is our teams focusing on the wrong position uh, by signing th- some of these better running backs? I think especially these, these prime teams, these, these teams with amazing quarterbacks that you see, especially in the AFC right now, is they don't need a running back. Their quarterback is so good at throwing the ball, so good at moving around, that they don't need to even take that pressure off for, for the pass rush. They don't need that heavy run game because you're just going to dump it in a you know crazy sidearm throw from Patrick Mahomes five minutes down. So if you're looking at that, it's, it's yes, that there's a reason they have devaluated. I think the problem comes down to, I mean, you look at uh, B. John Robinson, right? He's coming in four years, $24 million, I think. That's, what, a little over $5 million a year? And he's, everybody agrees he's going to be amazing. And so you look at that, and you're just like, wow, um, rookie running back at super cheap that is going to be great for us and we can tag him a few times or keep paying this guy that's going to get hurt. Uh, let's go that way. I think the real problem becomes when you look at what is happening at the seven-on-seven leagues down low, when you look at 
what is happening with the young people. Are they going to be even running backs anymore? Are you going to lose out on running backs in the future? Now we hear you. It seems like the systems are changing and the players are just getting young, better, younger. And so it's made this whole conversation change. We want to say thank you for coming in today. We're running out of time and uh, appreciate you being with us, man. For the record, we are calling that uh, segment the mic drop from now on. That's 100% happening. Yeah. Uh, no, I dude, and what a good conversation uh, as he was going through something that we probably wouldn't have thought about there, just that golden nugget of uh, you know, money owed on these running back contracts and how that factors into the situation and what and it really shows the desperation of all that. I was man, when he pulled that out, I was like, okay, we're just gonna start writing this down. Holy cow. Uh such a great point to make on the whole running back situation and uh, those contracts. I'm sure it's going to be a huge discussion next off season. Super looking forward to seeing how that uh, encapsulates as we move into the year of when Jacob signs, where Dalvin cook goes, um, does Zeke get a job? Does Fournette get a job? Does, you know, all, all these different guys who are just waiting for a mm-hmm. call, Kareem hunt, uh, whoever, uh, you know, end up on a roster somewhere. And what does that look like? And it'll be really uh, interesting to watch that guaranteed money move. We're going to keep moving in our discussions today. Uh, you know, speaking of things that could impact those running backs, camp battles are very real right now and over the next six weeks as we approach the NFL season. By the way, we're under 50 days to the NFL season, uh, just for the mm-hmm. record. So I, but I wanted to get into it a little bit. Uh, today, we, uh, we have already mentioned that uh, Brock Purdy was cleared. Uh, to go back into training camp. He is not going to be on the injury report. They're just letting him go. Um, And he is just, you know, as we all know, uh, we're about six months off, almost six months off. This is about five, five and a half off this UCL surgery. Super unfortunate injury playing against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I I know I can speak for everybody when Mm -hmm. I say you never want to see an injury uh, like that happen. And it really killed that game. Mm-hmm. That was pretty brutal yeah. to watch. And to clarify, obviously, for those of you who saw this, you know, but it was on his throwing arm, obviously, yeah. Yeah. which is why it was such a big deal. So, yeah, uh, but he's ahead of schedule yeah. by almost a month, uh, which it looks great. like. Which is great. Yeah. And, and and everybody wants to see all these teams competitive. We want to see good football. So, yeah. whether you're a 49er fan or not, that was cool it was, news. It was, it was in, in, I was torn watching the game because I was like, I don't like your team and I don't want your team to go to, go to the Super Bowl. I want your spirits to be crushed. Yeah. But then, but, but also, I was like, these are arguably the two best teams in the entire like league. Yeah, and and it was a bummer to watch watch how that played out. It was out. like I saw that happen. I saw what they're rolling out at quarterback, and it's like cool. I'm gonna go for a walk. <laughs> that was that was pretty much what I did. That's yeah, probably what I should even, have done. Even more of a bummer considering like the run that Purdy went on as soon oh, as he took so, over the it team. Was super exciting. Yeah. It was. Um, it was one of the best can't, stories. Can't help it but was, think maybe we got robbed of like a really crazy special like. Throw them in there, and then somehow they win a Super Mr. Bowl. Mr. Irrelevant wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah I mean, that would have been dope. That would yeah. be cool. For, on multiple levels. But the 49ers did something interesting. Uh, the first day of free agent signings, they went and got went after depth, and they convinced Sam Darnold to sign a one-year deal uh, to come play quarterback for them for $5 million to, back, yep. uh, to uh, what we assumed was back up uh, you know, Brock Purdy. The Niners still have Trey Lance, former first round pick, entering his third season, who clearly uh, went out much sooner than anybody anticipated last year with injury. Um, Week two, I believe, against the Seahawks. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. they've got Trey Lance, they've got Sam Darnold, they have Brock Purdy. Now, I have a very strong opinion as a 49er fan as to what I believe is going to happen. Um, and so I'll speak on it. Brock Purdy is the quarterback of this team. Period. Do you feel, and I'm curious here as you explain, is this what you believe or what you think they will do? Or are, or are those I the same I both believe thing? and think. Okay. So, and, and this is me doing a lot of homework, not just going full fan mode here. Brock Purdy has not lost a game. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I'm, because I'm taking away the Eagles. That doesn't count. Yeah. Like, that's just brutal. Um, so he has not lost a game yet. He I mean, played this, immaculately the entire time. This is, to me, this situation is very reminiscent of when, of a, a one Jimmy G when he first started. Came in like for the last, one you know, five games in a row to one, finish the, the year. Yep. Like that, that's the exact same thing that Jimmy Garoppolo yep. uh, did. And then came in and then like the next year and had the job. Yeah, he got signed. They they were like, here's all your money. Thank you, sir. And the team is yours. And, you know, it was just another season after that where they walked into a Super Bowl with the guy. So I the 49ers are clearly committed to Brock Purdy. Um, and I, I say this mostly. There was one statement that got made, and this was made in March at the owners' meetings um, by John Lynch. And he said out loud, this is Brock's team to lead. So period that that to me just ends the discussion. So Sam Darnold is there for depth. Uh, the emergency quarterback is now real. After so who do you, this? So sorry to cut off a little bit. Now, yeah. who do you think is? So I think really at this point, because obviously this news broke today about Brock Purdy, yep. you know, coming back. So obviously I do think it kind of answers, you know, the the, the competition battle, like the battle for for QB one, right? QB two. Who do you think? Who do you who do you think and who do you want? Uh, quarterback two. I I think it's Sam Darnold. Yeah, I do. I don't think Trey Lance is a system fit with where they're heading right now. No, I, I agree. Brock yeah. and Sam Darnold are very similar in play style yep. and ability level. Um, you know, Sam has made some poor decisions at times, but Sam's also been on an incredibly or two incredibly uh, terrible rosters. I mean, they just they were bad. They're absolutely bad. Um, but this is a team that's going to carry three quarterbacks, period. So it. And and they are also, by the way, this is the cheapest quarterback room in the NFL. Yeah, this is yeah, I mean, the you're, cheapest you're right paying here. Him, you're playing Purdy nothing. Right, and you're, so I believe you're, are you paying Darnold more on the on like yes. the year? Oh no, Brock Purdy is not making a million dollars yet. He is, will not make a million dollars this next year. He's at nine hundred ninety thousand, I believe, is his number. So, um, but just looking at that and understanding what are you gonna get that's better for the same or less money. When you think about this and know what's out there, if teams cut certain guys, maybe, maybe, but genuinely, if, when, it, when it all comes down to it, Trey Lance is making the most out of these three. He's making $7 million this next year. So you have a quarterback room that is $13 total million out of three guys. They're, I, in my opinion, it's a 50-50 shot whether they keep Trey. Um, because you could potentially still get a decent draft pick and save face on that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if, if the only way he moves is if somebody gets injured and it's a system fit. So, um, you know, there's several places that he could go. Uh, there's several teams that would back up probably in love to have him. As, yeah, he'd be a great backup in Chicago. Um, but there's there's several places that he would make a lot of sense and you could see him going for a draft pick 
uh, for a team that's wanting that depth. But for me, I don't see why they move on. It makes sense that it's Brock, Sam, and Trey is your emergency. And uh, that's the way Sundays look for you. But that's where I see this competition. I just think Sam, again, and Brock are system fits, and Trey is not. And uh, that's that's just where it's headed to. The next one we want to reference uh, is uh, another quarterback that just got drafted this year, um, Anthony Richardson. And uh, he is up against Gardner Minshew. Um, this team, we've already said, is not good. The Colts are going to be bad throughout the year. Um, they, he was the number four all, overall pick, Richardson was. Uh, so you expect to see him at one point or another, but do you expect to see him in week one, which is really what we're talking about? And right now, personally, I'm at a 50-50 here. I, I, don't, I don't know. It depends on philosophy, because if you just want him to get experience and you know you're going to suck, well, it makes sense to just let him go week one. That's what I would do personally. Yeah, we've not seen how that's benefited a ton of guys in recent years. It really hasn't. I, I think that Justin Fields could have been one of those guys, maybe. Let mm-hmm. him have a few more concepts because he looked like he was just running scared. Um, and if that's the scenario, I wouldn't want Richardson out there for a couple weeks. Make sure he's got a little more of it. But, um, you know, Gardner Minshew has shown that he can win games and make your team competitive. He is one of the better backup quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. We talked I, about him quite a bit last year. Yeah, I, well. I think he's he's probably like a top him. five backup. Yeah. He's yeah. probably like the 34, 36, 37th best quarterback yeah. in the league. Absolutely. I, I Somewhere in that range. I, he's in the 30s, whether it's high or low, for sure. So, you know, if so the conversation is week one. Should he be there? Jameson and I are both of the mindset. If your philosophy is let's get experience, which it should be this year, then I say Richardson. Grant, are you in on Minshew or Richardson week one? I think it's got to be Richardson just because from the from the aspect of, I mean, the dude's played like no football. Yeah. The dude's played no football. And so it's like, obviously, you sit him on the bench, you potentially help him out by like protecting him from like, you know, a confidence thing that the kid's only like 23 or 22. Obviously, he's young, but I go from the aspect of like, how else is he going to figure it out? Yeah. In in some ways, like if you, because I mean, I, I think that when you draft him, as high as you do, you obviously believe in the kid and mm-hmm. he seems to know it. And I mean, he was so emotional and like the dude seemed like so likable, like obviously everyone is rooting for this kid unless I don't know, unless you hate human beings. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, that's, that, that's the thing that I go is like, like how else is this kid going to learn other yeah. than actually getting playing time? Because obviously that's been the huge knock on this guy. I mean, the dude had the most incredible combine ever. Intangibles, the the intangibles are there, dude. He weighs two hundred and forty five yeah. pounds. Six I mean, four. He, he he broke every quarterback record, like like in the yeah. combine, like every single one. And so obviously the the talent, it's there. It's the experience that's been the knock on him. Yeah. So I go, how else do you get him ready for NFL experience? He has to play. Yeah, and you're not worried about his durability. I will say the thing Gardner has going in uh, for him, and and we're all looking at the same stuff here, but like. Shane Steichen is also his former OC and it's very comfortable, comfortable with Gardner, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, and I mean, the, whole, his, the, the whole, system of Philly. I mean, even mm-hmm. their, their, their brain dead owner was excited to have him <laughs> like, yeah. like, like he was excited about it. They praised this kid. Like, I think that it is a great situation for him to be in because I do think there's a lot of confidence in that, in that kid. Yeah. I do think there is uh, from, from, good- from, from the big wigs. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good competition. I, I mean, I think we're all in the same boat here. What we what we hope happens, what we believe is likely to happen, too. And I think if they, as the Colts organization, want to actually keep any eyeballs on that team while they're bad, they probably yeah. have to roll out Richardson just for the look at this freak athlete. I mean, we, Let's see him. See what he can do. I mean, the second Minshew throws two picks in a game, the chance are going to start. Oh, yeah. And this like, is, that's every I mean, that happened with the Niners when they were chanting yeah. for Jimmy. I mean, yep. it, it happens every time they they run out. I mean, when they when the Bears are running out, what's his face, Mike Glennon, over yeah. over Justin Fields, the chance were start like the, the the fan base just wants the guy now, and you have to uh, give them something win. to watch for. And they've yeah. had two they've had two rough seasons, um, yeah. and you know they they need some W's, and I think the they biggest need a quarterback. W they need a quarterback hope. to root for. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think, that, I think Minshew's a, a great quarterback, but. Well, a good quarterback, great backup. Well, two not so good quarterbacks <laughs> are competing to play football in Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Um, we uh, we've already mentioned Baker Mayfield today. Um, he is taking on Kyle Trask for the starting quarterback job. Uh, Trask so far is underwhelmed in his experience. Baker, as we all know, has incredible arm. Loses his mind every time he's out on the field, and is always excited to be there. Um, but has not been the answer for anybody as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I personally believe that Baker Mayfield is headed to backup land and the Buccaneers are only having this happen right now because they know they are going to suck this year and they're just fine with it right now. I mean, this is a phone it in, you know, like this is not going to go well guys, but I, I mean, week one, I think experience wins. I'm going to take in Mayfield in this yeah. battle because yeah. experience wins. And Mayfield has shown that he can play good football. Right. But I also think that it's Trask's opportunity to lose. I just think he will because I don't yeah. think he's that good. Yeah. I, I There's not much to say here. It This team's going to be bad as we've talked about. Um, I think we can kind of move on from this one. That's not a super exciting battle by any means. No, uh, this one is the next two are kind of interesting. Yeah, I think this one we have not talked about really at all today. I think we mentioned that this existed in the running back conversation, but like uh, the Dolphins running back room is really interesting because you have apparently three guys that can start now. Jeff Wilson had taken the backup role to Raheem Mostert after both of them came over from the 49ers. Um, and I'm going to butcher his name. I apologize. Devin Akain is what I'm going to call him today. Uh, we'll, we'll find out how you actually say his name once he starts playing football. Uh, their rookie that they drafted in the third round this year uh, has made things really interesting in that room. The Dolphins are looking for consistency at this position and for somebody to not get injured. And uh, so they that, bring in. That's why that first name here, Raheem Mostert, is like. <laughs> uh, Mostert is a flash in the pan guy who has had incredible moments. His The best game of his career came a couple of years ago against Green Bay in the playoffs when he ran for 200 yards and just decimated them. Um, but since then, he's been off and on with injuries. Jeff Wilson has had multiple 100-yard games in the NFL, but hasn't shown that he can start consistently. Um, Akane is incredibly fast um, and is going to come in and be a solid contributor. There are people right now calling a cane to win this job outright over Mostert and Wilson. And there and, may be something about having just fresh legs. Yeah, I, that's absolutely valid. I don't know personally where this is headed. I think it's probably more of a 
uh, head-to-head between Mostert and a Kane, I would have to assume. And maybe health just wins out here. It pro- yeah. yeah, it probably will. I think it's Mostert's to lose, but he's going to lose right. it due to health reasons. Yeah, Maybe it's not the beginning of the season. Maybe it's halfway through the season. Because we're not questioning the ability. No, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the ability to be available. Exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately for the Dolphins in this case, if Mostert does go down, like you do have other valid options in your locker room right now that will kind of pair up with the speed you've already built on that yeah. team. So they're in a good spot if something were to happen uh, in that regard. But I, I do think I agree with you. It's between those two guys for the most part, probably with Jeff Wilson just kind of being a rotational guy there. The other thing that we will say, avoid them in fantasy. For the most yeah. part, yeah. You don't want you don't want these running backs on your team. If if you're if and we'll talk about some fantasy stuff in just a moment. But like, if you're looking for a contributing second or third running back, Do none of these guys should be on your list. Especially, Unless it's like week seven and the Canes run away with the job, then pick them up in the waiver wire. Yeah, if, if you're you in can. one of those W or double WRT leagues, okay, pick up Mostert maybe as a bench or take take a Kane is the shot in the dark rookie towards the end of the draft. No problem with that, but. Uh, I uh, like this battle a lot more. I think I know where it's headed, but the Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs. Uh, they assigned David Montgomery. Um, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but Montgomery just feels like insurance for a first-round draft pick. Like, I agree. Uh, this is Gibbs' job. Oh, it should be. And well, again, with how high you drafted him, you, again... I was critical on this. He better be your starter. <laughs> That's like, fair. Like, That's fair. Like, honestly, you 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 spend your first. What do they pick him at twelve? Yeah. Then when they end I up trading so. back, yeah, he better be your starter. If David Montgomery is your starter, you are stupid and deserve to lose football games. <laughs> like you're unserious about winning. Yeah. Like you, obviously, you drafting a dude at twelve at, at a running That's back. Fair. It means he he better be your starter. Otherwise, you're dumb and you're bad at your job and you should get fired. But it will be interesting because we understand at the end of the day, it's not about how high you get drafted. It's about performance. David Montgomery has had some big days in the NFL. Obviously, you know, he wasn't going to get any more of that opportunity in Chicago since their quarterback is 90% of their run game all of a sudden. But like uh, Montgomery, Montgomery can catch the ball like mm-hmm. a madman. He's a he's very not, good piece to an offense. No, he's not Eckler. He's not CMC. But he's but a good piece. He's probably a top seven pass catcher at his position. He will probably give you 700 total yards, which is valuable. I it, Totally valuable. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gave you a little bit more, depending on what they do with this offense. You know, and it'll be interesting to see. It was a versatile see. offense last he, year. He fits with what Goff needs to do sometimes. Yeah. Which yeah. is the nice part. But it, but it will be interesting to see what they do without Jameson at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, how much more are they going to rely on the both of these guys and and how many uh, how much production Montgomery can get? I do think this is more of a battle than people think, but I think it's a 60 to 70 percent chance that Gibbs wins it. Yeah, totally. The now another interesting same one. Same thing, though. Tyler Algier came out last year and shocked us was by the end of the season, the second best rookie running back. He was fantastic. Third, I, if Brees. Stay healthy. I got to watch his goodness up front and center when uh, the Falcons beat the crud out of my 49ers early in the year, um, and he just ran all over us, literally could not stop the guy. He hits the hole and just goes. Part of me thinks, though, that... How do you say his last name? Algier. Algier. If, if, 
Bijan becomes everything that everybody says. The next Marshall Folk, Folk, all these things. Folk? 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 Whatever. Folk, whatever folk? it is. That, hey, you're doing what I do. Good job. Hey, well, hey, usually it's not. So I've earned, okay. I've earned some credibility to mess up some names. Okay, that's fair. But does he honestly, because of what Robinson can do, does he become a trade piece that gets moved before the trade deadline? Oh, I don't. I mean, only if they're losing. I mean, but, but right? that's what I think because again, but he's a he, he's a second year running well, back know, on a four I mean, year how deal. Much, I keep him. But again, no. But my thinking is, if if they're bad, if they're not good, which they're probably not going to be, does he go to a team like the Bills, who are on oh, a run, man. who need a th- like this guy can play football and play it really well, and you get him cheap. I think for depth's sake, he doesn't make sense to get rid of right now because you are you're uh-huh. one play away from being the Jets last year. Um, you know, when they lost Brees Hall. But like I I think they keep him through this year unless there is a high draft. Unless it's a third rounder, I wouldn't drop that. Well, I mean, but, he's not but, moving for a fourth or a fifth. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying that either. But I'm saying if if Bijan becomes a every down back like he's supposed to be, and Algiers just sitting on the bench. I think it would have to and be they're a, bad. I think it would have to be an overpay. For the Falcons to want to yeah. get rid of him, two just two because, picks or a third, yeah, and and I think it's mostly because, like like you said, Matt, when you're basically paying not nothing but essentially nothing in the NFL term, in the, in the NFL, yeah, what you would get in return for the value that he gives you doesn't really have a dollar yeah. mark right now, uh, or like a draft pick mark. It's like he, he, a lot of times when you take picks, it's not always better than just having the player. Yeah, uh, especially when again it's not a money issue at the moment. So having that depth, if anything, I think is going to be valuable at least for, for this next year. Yeah, for no, nine hundred thousand dollars. I totally, I, to- I, totally like, I totally think it's depth. I think it, 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 they're a better team having both of them. Yeah, but I just think of a circumstance that plays out where Bijan's playing every back, as you're sitting on the bench, and they're 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 on pace to win five games. If a team is desperate enough and yeah. the price is right, I'm and, not saying you're it right. Won't happen, the Bills but. might be that scenario for a team the like. Yeah, there might be, be a, there might be a panic but, mode. But this team. is Bijan's job, day one. Absolutely. No matter what. Absolutely. I love this next one. Um the I'm, next I'm, one is the Chiefs wide receivers. Um I you've think, got Kadarius Tony, uh Rasheed Rice, who's and, a rookie, right? Uh yeah, and Richie James. Richie James is a slot receiver um who kicks outside sometimes. He's very fast and I uh, had some very meaningful playing time in New York last year, which is really interesting that they've got both Kadarius Tony, former Giant, and Richie James, former Giant, on this team. Um, but this uh, wide receiver room lost Nicole Hardman and Juju, and I feel really bad because I just realized when we were talking about the Jets earlier in this episode, we did not talk about Nicole Hardman being a Jet. Yep. Didn't think about that. My bad. Um, but Juju's gone as well, and so like looking at uh, looking at this, you've got Marcus Valdez Scantling is going to make this uh, this roster. Uh, Tony should make this roster because he's a returner. Uh, did have a little bit of an injury thing this week. Um, return a punt, uh, but I believe he got a clear MRI, so he's okay. okay. They said he should be clear for action uh, yeah. when the season starts. Uh, yeah. And then, so he's probably going to make it just because he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, Rasheed Rice is a draft pick, so should be there. Um, and then Richie James is experienced, good hands, also can go in on, he's been a punt and kick returner before, so he'd make sense to keep, but who's your two out of that group? I think 
right now, it's probably got to be your rookie and Tony with Richie James being an obvious complimentary piece in the three or four, right? I think I'm pretty high on Tony being being pretty good for this it, team. He had a no, great I, end of the year. I liked I, it a lot last year when they brought him over. Um, like they, they got him for pretty much nothing. And, and then he saw he had, him basically get integrated almost right away. Yeah. And like, dude, him now having a year, like an off season to re, to figure out Andy Reid's offense, mm-hmm. because we all know that's not easy to figure out. Yeah. And, and like his skill set. Yeah. No, the skill set is for insane. Sure. Like his route running. Like, dude, he's so freaking quick and makes people look like they don't know how to play football. Like when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. And th- I mean, we saw it a few times last year, too. They'll do some tricky formation stuff. They'll obviously get him moving. Uh, he's catching some stuff out of the backfield every now and then. Some, some, I mean, yeah, he had the punt return that brought him to yep. like the five yard line. Yep. Um, and obviously it goes without saying you put anybody who has a lick of talent in an offense with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And he'll make him better. They're they're going to be flying. So I I would agree. Kadarius, Tony, Rice are probably the top two guys in that situation. But um, I, that team's going to be really solid again this year. Yeah, and and I think with a thing for everybody to remember is this is a team that's only going to carry five wide receivers because they have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Any, like like when no you when need. you said they're number two, they're number two receiver. Yeah, but they're number three overall target. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, and this is a team that's got a healthy Pacheco who came on strong at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of a, a lot of options, but I do love that room. I think it's gotten a lot better. I I would just love for them to take Marquez Valdez Scantling and put him on the outside and run streaks on every single play. Basically, uh, that's why he ha- that's when he had his best years last year in Green yeah. Bay. That was what he did. Like he just needs to run on the sideline. But he caught, he yeah. caught like 50, 50 catches. He had like fifty catches. Seven and if he touchdowns? can do that in that offense, holy cow, they're oh, going to yeah. be real yeah. good. This next one's also really interesting because I think it's the most wide open wide receiver room, period, in the NFL. Draft pick Isaiah Hodgins leads the crew in uh, New in New York with the Giants. Um, you know, we talked about Danny Jones signing his big deal uh, already this offseason. They got Saquon back. So here's all the other pieces. Hodgins. Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell's there now. Uh, Jalen Hyatt also draft pick Sterling Shepard um, and Jameson Crowder. Like this is a really interesting group of guys. Um, well, it's made more interesting. I think they did a great job by getting Darren Waller for a third rounder. Right. Like I mean, again, Good get. great get. Only third round. You bought low for the potential of him to be healthy. Love that. So you're really take the potential here is that this is your your number two pass catcher. Yeah, and and I Maybe think third because Saquon can catch out of the backfield. L- looking at this now, they're so they're going to carry, uh, they're going to carry six on this team. Yeah, the way they're built because you have the unquestioned Saquon, so that's they're only going to go with three, uh, three running backs on this team. So you're going to have six here. Um, what'll be interesting is I, I think the order here in which they go. I uh, I think that. Hodgins as that high of a draft pick is an obvious make. Yeah. Darius Slayton has earned his way onto the team. Um, Paris Campbell's free agent signing. So I believe that's, that's a pretty likely, even if he's the, the four yeah. or the five, he's going to make gonna it. They're not going to cut him and lose that money. Jameson Crowder's all the experience in the world um, and would make a lot of sense on this team. Sterling Shepard is underwhelmed. 
struggled with injuries. Um, so as every Giants wide receiver for the last three years, if we're being honest. But yeah, um, you know, I think it's really out of this group. Who's your one? Who's your two? I think it's got to be Hodgins one. Or Hodgins and Slayton seem to be probably the one, two, and then it's kind of take your pick on who performs well out of the rest I, I, of the group. I kind of think you go, you go, you, Paris Campbell three. I think you just have to, just because you you paid him, you at least got to at least starting week one, and he's got to be the third, and then probably Shepard and Crowder. Jameson Crowder is the four I think five. Jalen Hyatt, the guy on the outside looking in here, yeah. yeah, who could lose a job potentially? He didn't. He didn't. Uh, I. He doesn't do much more than stretch field, so like. He's got to really show something, um, yeah. you know, inside that skill set. It's got to get developed here. Isn't at this, this point. a team that would have benefited from DeAndre Hopkins? Also, like just look at like just thinking about that. Like again, that could have been who wouldn't? But. Well, yes, who wouldn't? <laughs> but a team that has been horrendous at wide receiver yeah. for the past like three years, yeah, three or four years, like they've been terrible. So yeah, that, but agree. that'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and who becomes the real one there. Yep, uh, the Jets. Wide receivers. We talked about the the strength that they've got in this group with Lazard, Corey Davis, Michael Hardman. I'm going to point out something obvious that I screwed up on earlier, just for the sake of the podcast. I uh, I said that Jameson Crowder was playing for the Jets. I knew he was in New York, I so he, I, I oops. That. He was. I did say that. Uh, oh. I did say that on accident. So uh, that he was still there. Things, yeah. And then he, you don't address it was, right then, and then you address it like 30 minutes later. That's fine. Well, he was just, a jet, so... He was a jet. Kind of it's true. But he's not there right now. So He but, just moved locker rooms. Yeah, that's it. But this top three in particular is a good... It's a good top three. Yeah. Um, and we can't forget Garrett Wilson here. Um, Obviously the one. Is the one. So it, this is your two, three, four. I would not be shocked at all if Michael Hardman is the two. Uh, no, I, I would absolutely at all. agree. I would absolutely agree. Look at what that guy did in Kansas City uh, when Tyreek Hill wasn't catching the ball. Holy cow! He he's a he's top five broken tackles guy at the wide receiver position. He he is not small. He gets the ball in his hands and he wrecks people. Also, only twenty five. Yeah, he's young and he's young, fast, big hits all of the things you want. If and, anything, the only reason I don't think he would be a number two is is not because he wouldn't have earned it or doesn't have the skill set for it, but Alan Lazard being here with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just might yeah. insert himself into the situation and say, Lazard's actually the number two, but I think McCall Hardman, like, in a vacuum should and probably be in that And we know that there are times when uh, Aaron Rodgers will force the ball to certain players, and who's he more <laughs> likely going to force it to? Yeah, it's fair. Randall Cobb. Yeah. Uh, he's well, also on this team. Well, yeah, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard are he's going to force it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair because he trusts him and he's he's been unapologetic about that. His you know he the last not, ten years, yeah, he just doesn't care. If he trusts you, you will get the ball. It'll be interesting to see if Hardman or Davis can play their way into that uh, and stay in that top three and be getting more targets. I mean, and, it's an it's a good group though all I mean, the way around. And just based, Love it. And just based on like statistics last year. Lazard had the best year last year out of yeah. these out of these four. Yep. Yeah, out of these four here. So I mean, he had. I mean, his average, you know, catch was thirteen yards a catch. That's pretty good. No, it's, that, it's that's the first solid down. numbers all the way around. Uh, but this is going to be a good group, and it'll just be interesting to see who shines outside of Wilson. Uh, there. Uh, we'll skip this. Oh yeah, we were going to have one conversation. I'm gonna, you know, what I'm gonna call it there. Um. 
there's plenty of other camp battles that'll be going on. There's tons of defensive camp battles uh, we could dig deep on, but genuinely, we got just a limited time tonight, so I want to make sure that we hit the next uh, segment, and that is, man, what are we doing in fantasy football? Running backs are all over the place. Uh, yeah, There is so much that we could unpack, so we're going to hit it really fast tonight, maybe to help you think through some processes First up is, again, the running back impact. Now that Saquon is signed, stuff should fall. he is a top five pick, period, across the board. My question is, who is the legitimate number one? Right now, depending on what you're looking at in, in your mock drafts, uh, CMC on Yahoo on NFL is the one. Now, there are some now, rankings. Now, he's been the one the last, like, four five years straight. He's been he's the one. panned out like two of the last five years. Yes, and that's totally fair, but right now he is the one. The other one in competition with him, or the other ones in competition with him, um, you cannot deny Eckler's fantasy value, and mm-hmm. you cannot deny Saquon and what he can do. I think those are your top three options at the one, but CMC across the board on two of the three majors. I'm a, I'm excluding ESPN because I hate it so much. Um, but and That's ESPN rude. doesn't have him in the uh, in, in as the one. Um, have him as the one. So for your guys' money coming out of the gate, is CMC the one? I don't have him as my one, even though I'm a massive 49er fan. I love you have, the guy. Do you, have, do you have the guy who just signed it? Got his uh one year deal signed? I do. I do. Saquon Barkley has a lot to earn and prove and to literally just stick his I mean, nose up right at the Giants. How many times do we see the prove like, it deals? Told you. How many times do we see prove it deals in all sports? Work out? All Absolutely. Sports. This is Basketball, baseball, football. Yeah. The prove, it, the prove it year thing is so real. It's so real. And Saquon's going to get money from somebody because they're not going to franchise tag him two years in a row. No. I think Saquon is the number one pick oh, this year. And if you're looking at it, I'm just thinking, go for it. I'm just thinking. He proves it. Giants say no. The Ravens. Ravens would make a lot of sense. I, That's I'm just a good one. Like how fun would that be? But anyway, sorry. Yep. And but they're going to have the money. They will have the money. Because they got all that money they put they gave to OBJ that they're not going to give them next year. That's true. After that goes That's poorly. That's true. But yeah, uh, do you have a different feeling on one or do you like Saquon <sighs> at the one right now? See, now it's a little bit more tricky because of, of that happening just recently because it was cmc until today right yeah cmc okay. i mean i think you're still going to see a lot of people um whether it's the smart decision or not depending on the kind of league you're in probably taking guys like justin jefferson really oh, yeah. high up there as well yeah, if you're i mean it, it, and, and we're going PPR. off of when we give advice most of the point. time we are half point a ppr advice um and 10 it's yards fair, y'all i'm sorry it, yeah and you 10 yards not be per. getting uh, over a point for a catch, a two yard catch. No, yeah, it it shouldn't happen, and we can have that argument with somebody if they dare. But uh, genuinely, like that's the way we give advice. So if that's the way you're structured, Dude, I just CMC don't... and Saquon have very similar value. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I personally might. This is again some dude who's been burned by CMC because I've had the number one pick like multiple times for some reason. Just how it's panned out the last because like, he sucks. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> Shut your face. But um, I've had the I've had the number one pick, and I've picked CMC, and then he's played four games total. Those two years I had the number one pick, uh, and so yeah. part of me wants to just you know say screw off. But I, I don't. I do CMC with like just that scheme and Shanahan. I just 
having a full year of CM like Shannon having a full year of CMC is crazy. A crazy thought that I don't know if I can. I I don't know if I can pass that. So, because your top ten right now is going for running backs is going to include CMC. It's going to have Saquon, yeah, Eckler, King Henry. Um, you're gonna have. I'm seeing some uh, Bijan Robinson noise as well for top I, ten I, running backs. Ten. No, no, top pick? ten. I'm talking top, oh, top ten. ten. Top ten. Okay, I, I agree for top ten running backs because I've top seen 10. him at like a running back three. Sure. At, yeah. at the highest. Sure, but. that's in, totally fair. Um, you know, you're if Josh Jacobs signs, yeah, that should be a consideration. Um, and then if Dalvin Cook signs, that's a consideration. Dalvin Cook was a top ten pick last year. Um, so you could have six that. of the ten spots with these top tier running backs. And believe me, human beings, there is a significant fall off, and or you're dealing with injuries or rookies. When it you comes to unknowns. post this these seven, um, and we can break that down in in a upcoming episode, but it's you could have as many as seven going if Jacobs is if he signs, which I'm really grateful that our main drafts are like the days leading up to the start of the NFL That's season. How it be, That's why we do it. If you draft in the middle of August, you're dumb. Um, just so you know. If your commissioner is like, I love, I love drafting early. You know, we just get things set and we're excited. That's stupid. Training camp battles are not over. You can't build depth There's to a team. The waiver games. wire I'm becomes just, seen injuries. Like just yeah. straight up. Yep. Seriously, it's so dumb. If you go and draft, let's just say this next year, uh, you draft Deshaun Watson and to be your starting quarterback in the seventh or eighth round or whatever he's projected out right now, and he dies at the end of training camp, you know, some meaningless your... preseason game. Yeah. Like, and he's your guy or say that horrible thing would happen. I don't know why the chiefs would play Patrick, play Patrick Mahomes really in the preseason. But if he just took a snap tripped and, you know, broke his ankle, like what, what are you doing now? You have no way of knowing. And now that you got to reset your team. If it's week two, yeah, as opposed to absolutely week one of the your season's over before the season starts. That sucks. Yep. So forget that. Um, don't do it. But just saying seven running backs could easily go in the top 10. You really need to be thinking strategy because if you want Justin Jefferson, you're going to lose a number one running back by the middle of the second round. They're gone. Yeah, they are gone. And that's the only exception might be a Dalvin Cook or a Josh Jacobs drop, which if Josh Jacobs was available at 13 or 14, I'd lose my mind on that. I'd be so pumped to get him well, there. Well, get prepared to win but, your league because the rest of your league is stupid. Yeah, like have a good time with that. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out. But I'm telling you, Saquon signing, it's going to start the dominoes. Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting, too, to think about because as you know, Mike dropped a lot of knowledge on us today about running backs. Uh, and, and obviously how running backs are being treated a little bit differently in today's league, that does not necessarily affect fantasy. Um, you can win football games in real life by kind of just having a running back by committee approach, um, whereas in fantasy, if you don't get one of the top running backs, You're good done. luck. Uh, there are plenty of wide receivers that can You're get deep. you decent production in fantasy. Um, that's not necessarily the case uh, when we're talking running backs here. So you have to get one of the workhorse guys, and you have to get them early. Uh, so I would expect that yeah, first I mean, I round to be like, dominated. Matt and I talked today about like that drop off. It's like people like Brees Hall, who's coming off an ACL injury, like Javon I'm, Williams. I mean, like there's yeah. still guys that are good. Yeah, probably. Probably. But like, is that really who you want to bank on as your starting running back? Your 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 second running back should be 
either a Javon Williams, a Brees Hall, a Bajon Robinson. Ken if you Walker. want to, you can, well, you don't. That might even not even be your I second. Mean, he I might mean, be your first. Like he's not that far off that, well, but that I just, top tier. I'm really hesitant because they drafted Zach Charbonnet and Pete Carroll is loving That's fair. him. That's fair. And, mm-hmm. But but I mean, like they, it should be a rookie or a guy coming off an injury or somebody that's just being Damian undervalued. Pierce, Damian Pierce should be in that same uh, that same mold right now for sure. Um, Joe Mixon's going to be in that mold because he didn't have a great year last year. But over the course of his career, has had a very great fantasy value. Yeah, yeah. and and he's on prove it year. So exactly. like the, we like that. Really interesting to see what going to happen Harris, with running backs. Potentially around there. But, uh, he needs a bounce back year for sure. Now, my next I question. Think that's likely. I think that's likely for him. Okay. Okay. Uh, if their offensive line wants to stop I mean, sucking, I, that'll I, happen. I'm drafting him in the third or fourth. He was literally running but, into his own players' backs constantly. <laughs> so, um, in, in the top Taylor's 10 conversation, is Travis Kelsey a top 10 he pick? He has to be. Uh, he's sit, so. If uh, you just take his stat, like, uh, we, we did this towards the end of the year. I believe talking about Travis Kelsey, if you just look at stats, not position, not name. Here, but positional right superiority is real. It's Travis Kelsey and then Andrews Huge eventually, drop possibly Waller eventually. Okay, Kittle surprised last year coming in at three, I think, overall uh, stats wise at the position. Hawkinson should be up for a good year playing with yeah. Cousins for sure. Yeah. But like Kelsey is so much better. So it's this is this is what you are getting out of a top 10 pick. Over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, 110 receptions. The 110 receptions thing cannot be ignored. There is maybe one other guy, Andrews, who's going to hit near the 100 reception mark out of that entire group. I mean... That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's the next closest guy is 65. When you've got that in your tight end slot, if you can get lucky at running back, you will win your league. Um, and if you just do a decent job drafting quarterback and wide receiver, you should be able to win your league. So Todd, a uh, friend of the show, listener, um, good buddy of mine, did a mock, did two mock drafts the last two days. He is drafting 10 because he won the A-League this last year. Congratulations to him. Um, and thank God be other friend of the show, Damian, uh, in that league. But He's not a friend. Uh, no, that's fair. Uh, we hate his guts. <laughs> I hope Brittany hears that and then plays it back for him. But um, he has drafted Kelsey twice at 10 and had some interesting options uh, there at 11. He took digs in one um, and I, mean, I, I believe he went running back and I'm forgetting who uh, was available. Oh, dude, we have been ignoring Nick Chubb. I apologize. Oh, I, 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 I How did I not I, say I, I eight running backs said, in the top 10? I'm a jerk. My I bad. you said Chubb, so I didn't even mention it because I was like, oh, no. yeah, he probably... Rattle that name off, but when he, I no, he got he got Chubb and Kelsey one two. No, if you can do that, if you do that, you probably win. that's a great starting. If point. you have your ten, barring pick. injury, you probably win. Yeah, I, or you're at least you're at least in the championship semifinals. Yeah. So let's like say you're taking your running backs, you're taking your wide receivers, most likely those first two rounds because if you're not taking Kelsey and ten of us aren't in standard uh, leagues, you're you're gonna have to figure out. Uh, you know, when do I draft my quarterback? Dude, I um, wait. You, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why this year I feel it more than other ones, but like, I feel like there was such an, a surgence of like quarterbacks becoming good this year. Mm-hmm. Like I think of Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, yeah. Geno Smith. Like I mean, again, Kirk Cousins is, is a great option. I Jared think Goff. Jared Goff. Is Hurts going to go in the fourth round? Because Lamar is. Yeah. Lamar's yeah. going in the fourth there, round there right now. Hurts is going in the fourth guys round. That are just going to. 
carry like, the quarterback think, position um, as a dual threat option. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back year of statistics. Yes, he's going to have better weapons. Probably for him. not going before the eighth, ninth round, though. But, but yes, I, but I don't I, see him I, going I in think, the seventh. That's but a, I think there is some there is some very value. Like there are some good quarterbacks, some quarterbacks who became good this year that now provides you some value. Yep. Where then you can get an, an extra running back, you can get an extra wide receiver, and I mean only lose total points, maybe fifty, you know, so, forty to fifty overall points yes. in fantasy. Which again, coming out of a quarterback, they're not very valuable. Again. My 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 stepdad doesn't listen to this podcast, but he did this thing because he's he doesn't understand football. Okay, um, where he, every year, up until like the last couple of years, he was drafting Russell Wilson with his first pick. That was awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was great. It was so fun to play in that league because that meant you know someone like a Travis Kelsey was just available in the second round. So even in the auto draft scenarios, Mahomes Mahomes is going first across the board yeah. right now. Um, the, the exception is those who dare to take Josh Allen, uh, which I, I don't feel like is a big dare, but it's usually Mahomes, more rushing yards, Allen, a little more value in terms of fantasy. Lamar is coming in at three. Burrow is at four. Uh, Hertz is going at five. Fields is in that six conversation with Herbert. We'll they're they're Herbert. six, seven. Um, and then you're looking at, uh, I mean, your drop off is to Lawrence. Dak, uh, Watson, Cousins, uh, Rodgers, and the like. They, that's where you're headed. But, guys, I just named over 10 quarterbacks. You can get any of those guys, and you can get six of them after the fourth round. Only four quarterbacks should go through the fourth round. And that, in, in my opinion, it, right now, it would be Mahomes, Allen, and then I personally... I like Hertz over Jackson at the moment. I was going to say, if you get Hertz at five, you are feeling a really good. And and Jackson Jackson's probably the four. So I'd go Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Jackson based on last year's production. But ask me if I'm going to be sad if I get flipping Joe Burrow in the fifth or sixth round. Like if I can get Joe Burrow, two Do running it. backs, two wide receivers in the first five round, I'm Do feeling it. solid. So and but I don't personally target quarterbacks that high. I would actually lean this year, and I this is going against everything I ever said I believed in, towards a Trevor Lawrence who's going to be available in the eighth, ninth round. I really do like him there. Mm-hmm. If Herbert slides for a while, which I don't think he will be in our West Coast fan leagues here, um, I don't think he'll make it past the sixth or seventh round. But if he were to make it in the eighth, I'd certainly consider him. I'm also a guy who might take a shot on Deshaun Watson uh, mm-hmm. or even hold out for a while and uh, flip a coin on Cousins and Rodgers. I'm that kind of person that will wait. What I will not do is stretch myself out to a Daniel Jones. No. Um, you know, I definitely take Goff over him. I won't draft Matthew Stafford, even though he has no. Cooper Cup uh, coming back, which we haven't mentioned yet today, by the way. Um, I, I there's think just too, too many good options. Some, so wait on quarterbacks is my wait opinion. Wait on quarterbacks. I also think you could potentially, again, I don't know what they're going to do, They've been really hush hush about it, but I mean, with your last pick in the draft, if he's somehow available, or in your last two or three picks, taking Kyler Murray and then just stashing him, potentially ready by week ten. We didn't even say yeah because we didn't talk about him at all. You, you just keep him. He, he doesn't take up a roster spot for you. You I, put him on the IL. You can potentially keep him, and then but then again, again, if you have injuries and your IL spots fill, then you can dump him. Yep. But I mean, to me, there's more value in that than like even taking like a an 
a kicker in your with your last pick. Yeah, usually the, your Mr. Irrelevant in fantasy is like, oh, I like this guy's name. But again, He's like cool if you name. potentially get Kyler Murray for eight the last, you know, six, seven weeks yeah, of the season. If you gotta wait you're or you're in you know, a larger than ten week league, which we don't like to give advice on, um, because it it's just a possibility. I don't it, know. I don't think it's a bad stash. I personally like the Jared Goff stash better. Yeah. But um But I think if you really are like low you want to go low on quarterbacks, you could get someone like a Jared Goff and he'd yeah. be your quarterback for ten weeks and then you potentially Sure, if you've got, or if you've got a, uh, if a late bye week, yeah, if, if you got a late bye week know. and you want to ride out your other guy for a while and you don't need to worry or about like it, you Kyler someone be a like good Aaron Rodgers, you and, know, late late there, so then he 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 keeps you going until potentially Murray comes well, back. Well, and most of our because Murray is extremely valuable at fantasy when he's healthy. Yeah, most of our trade deadlines are the end of November, so um, Kyler Murray is also one you could stash for that reason. But yep. that team's gonna suck, so I don't even think he's gonna play this next year personally. Yeah, he may not. Um, but. You know, there's a lot of options out there. Our our philosophy is to wait because there's so much value in other positions that you need to go get. Uh, next on, I'm going to skip one. I that I and I, I just want to hit this in the fantasy part. What wide receiver would you be taking in round two? I uh, we're going to assume. Okay, uh, yeah, that's assuming. No, because we talked about eight running backs being available. We're going to assume uh, that Jefferson and Chase are gone. Yeah. So it's round two. It's I'm Jefferson taking Cooper Chase. Cup in round two. So <laughs> not a question. Your options. Him, actually, it's either C- Cooper Cup or the dude who's number ten in Miami. I seriously, Tyreek Hill proved me wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. He did. They or have Devontae. plenty of availability to spread that ball around, yeah. and he owned that field. I, mm-hmm. I'm a little lower on Devonta Adams this year, just because of that Jimmy quarterback G effect. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because he doesn't have a cannon. Like, he's been proven that he can't... I mean, again, they always try to take the ball out of his hands. He's better when the ball isn't in his hands than when he isn't throwing. Like, well, I like... So, I mean, Tyreek's available, and I think that we would both vote if he's available, start a second round. That's where we would go. Your next option and then is that, Diggs. Then I would go Cooper. It's just the injury thing is like... Yep. Well, for that, for me, it's like the there, Rams some- have nothing else besides Cooper Cup right now. Yeah. Yeah, he is the target. Uh, yeah, you you have Diggs in it's Buffalo. True. I that like I said, that's what Todd took at eleven. Uh, he didn't feel comfortable taking Cooper, which I understand a lot of people may not uh, coming off the injury. Uh, but for a volume conversation, there's well, uh, definitely something to be said there. Um, CD is going to be available. AJ is going to be available. I like AJ over CD all day, uh, in part because yeah. of quarterback play, in part because AJ is better than CD. Um, and I don't even think that's a conversation. No, it's not. It's in not the second close. round. So those are, I mean, those are your options. Devonta's actually listed below AJ, CD, Cup, Diggs, and the like. Dude, I drafted um, AJ last year in like the third round. That was a good get. Oh my gosh, he was probably my best. It was probably my best pick, honestly. Yeah. It's so good. No, I, I, I think, I think though, there's going to be a lot of options. Know that your second, third, fourth round uh, options are are going to be legit. Uh, Amon St. Brown moved up, probably going to go late oh, fourth, early fifth. He he just had a monster day today in um in training camp. They had they did ten red zone plays. He scored t- touched. He scored six touchdowns on those red zone plays. Because well, Jamison Williams ain't going to be catching them passes for a while. And if you really want to get out to a good start, if you can grab Amon St. Brown as your second receiver, I have been riding that train. Oh yeah, and no, he's a stud. He did miss a couple games last year due to some foot stuff. But holy cow, 
Uh, it's it's a volume catch game, and that dude's average per catch is ridiculous. He gets I mean, downfield with that speed. I think that again, we talk about this often, but we're we're all very heavy on the running backs yeah. because you can get. I mean, Christian Kirk had a really good year. He had over a thousand yards and had I think nine touchdowns. I don't want to talk about it, but like, but hey, I mean, if you get him at your number two wide receiver, sure. Like I mean, those are good ni- if, if numbers. That, if that's what you want to do, if you want to go running back heavy, also just to keep them from other people. Yeah. Like again, that's that's part of the game, and I think you can get some really good value. I mean, I I still think Mike Evans is going to have a good year. He's proven that he can have a good year. He is not listed in the top thirteen receivers right now, and that's quarterback play. Yeah, that's that that's the the Mayfield and Trask effect there. But again, get, but again, but he he plays. He's going to get his. He's going to get a thousand yards. And if you're in a league with people who don't really pay attention to anything other than projected numbers or total rankings. You might be able to get him as like a flex. Seriously. If you can get Mike Evans as your third receiver, people run to it. I would honestly ignore a quarterback for another round. If I knew I could get him as my third receiver. Absolutely. Honestly, I think you might like full, full transparency. Yeah. Like the dude has not been talked about at all. And that, which is, should be awesome for everybody listening. Go get it. I want to caution one thing. There are three defenses standing out right now that you want to take. The Eagles, the 49ers, the Bills are the standout defenses. After that, there's a massive drop-off in projected points coming from that uh, that position. So think about it, strategize. But personally, the idiot that takes the 49ers or the Eagles in round six is going to lose your league. So let them have them. But if you want to be that guy that snags the third defense, um, if there's a run on wide receivers or quarterbacks happening in that eight uh, possibility, man, if if somebody in your league doesn't value for some reason the 49ers or the Bills to that point, that would be a good spot to go take it. That's just a freebie yeah. for everybody today. Um, we got one last thing we're going to do before we sign off. And we call it an episode. Um, we are going to be doing our preview episodes next month. This is where we download all the information that you need to know about teams, divisions. We've already been if, giving you some sort of uh, some of our thoughts. You've it, been hearing some of it. Absolutely, but this and, is the real deal. But if you're like, if you're a decent fan, but you don't know depth things, you have a hard time having a conversation with your friends, or you just want to take the next step in in terms of. Uh, your knowledge and understanding of what's going to happen this year. We've been hitting the home runs on this episode. And uh, last year, uh, the giants were called out as a playoff team on this podcast. The, the uh, Jaguars yeah, were a hundred percent called out by the guy yeah, sitting to baby. my left. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders. He was the dark That's horse. The one that I'll keep bringing. Yep. I was dead he, on. With he the absolutely called their suck last year after they signed Devonta Adams because of that roster. Um, we, should, we, we should actually do that sort of ne- the next episode is look at kind of what we got right, what we got wrong. Well, we don't need to look at what Matt got wrong about a couple things, but uh, we got the Dolphins. No, wrong. we did. No, we did. A, <laughs> we did get their Dolphins wrong. Um, they, and that's who we owe the most apologies to. But we we've been hitting home runs. So pay attention to those two episodes. We're going to release them. Uh, in the same week uh, on different days and they're going to come out with all the information that you need. We're also going to give you last minute fantasy advice on those two episodes. So pay attention and get there, but we are going to be dividing it up. Mike is going to be joining us on the previews. He's going to be taking a couple of divisions and each of us are going to take two divisions here 
uh, and we're gonna unload it. Um, so let's Tried just go. Method. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Grant first. Also, we're doing. I, I just wanted to be known. I purposely grabbed a Rams hat to draw this. You're out a jerk. All right. So um, we're literally doing pieces of paper in a hat. Grant, you go first. Method. Yeah. Be careful. They kind of stick together. So make sure you only grab one when you pull it out. Okay. Okay. Let's go. What'd you I, get, Grant? I got the AFC North. That'll be interesting. AFC uh, North. <laughs> I got the NFC West. You uh, suck. You suck. You suck. I got the AFC South. You love Ooh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's I'll draw a, for Mike. That could be an email. Yeah. That, that, that segment could be an email. Uh, Mike got the NFC North. That's interesting. Uh, uh, it's interesting. That's not a bad one. I, well, I can't wait for him to break down uh, the, the Packers. That'll be fun. The NFC East. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm that's a consolation that prize in the NFC there. I got, I got the AFC West. Oh Let's my. go, dude. Matt. Let's go. That's stupid. I got the, oh I got my the NFC South. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, you are getting it over there. All right, let's see what Mike gets. Uh, wait, oh, terrible. wait, it's the last one, right? This is, why, this is why the South lost in the Civil War. <laughs> my God, the AFC East. Also, they were terrible people. They were terrible yeah. at football. That's why. No, they're just bad at everything. <laughs> they're bad at everything. All right. Well, we're going to call it an episode there. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited to get into 25 episodes this year. Uh, our new segment, the mic drop, and we cannot wait for the NFL season and all the surprises it'll bring us. We hope you join us on the journey. Uh, this is Sportsify, and we will see you guys in the next one. 